No. Sideburns? No. Goatee? Maybe. Beard? Beard! It is uh, 
Kick-ass beard, did he say? I'm pretty sure he said. Kick-ass beard. He said kick-ass beard in there somewhere. Mentioned yours by I, name. Yeah. He didn't say peakless beard. He did not. And he didn't say nobody has a beard, but nobody does indeed have a beard. It's true. Yeah. Nobody has quite the beard. It is Beard Talk Live. The Nobody's telephone far too lazy to shave. Well, yes. I, I have so many things to do. I would never be done with them. <laughs> Nobody is what, busy. What's the old saying? Uh, God put me here to do a certain number of things, and at this rate, I will never die. Yeah. I guess I should start the uh, cameras a switching. Oh, it's good to have the cameras, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, will you keep an eye over the better there? better to see us with. Just, you know, top right and, you know, if all seems well, say well, nothing. Keep an eye over there. How, how's my circulatory system supposed to reach it? Well, you have an additional eye, so you can keep that one right where it is. I see. Mm. 603. Wait, he's got an additional one? How many do you have? <laughs> well, as you've established, <laughs> I have four arms. 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. <laughs> 603-283-6160. <laughs> Alexander the Great had an infinite number of arms. Exactly. Whoa. Infinite number. Well, you know why. See, Alexander the Great was a great general. Great generals are forewarned. Forewarned is forearmed. Now, four is an even number, but it's an odd number of arms for a general to have. The only number that's both even and odd is infinity. And therefore, Alexander the Great had an infinite number of arms. And this explains why he wasn't just known as Alexander. It's true. <laughs> just regular-ass Alexander. So, on the one hand, that, that is an accomplishment. On the other hand, you literally picked the most bland title in all of great man history. Well, it hadn't been oh, used yet. That's thing. true. They didn't have to be creative well, back mean, there. They said anything they said, people were like, I never heard that shit before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's go right away. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Hello. Caller, you're on the air. Don't frighten them. Caller. Hello. Yes, hello. What's your name? Hello, Department of Redundancy Department. Hi, I'm sorry. I was trying to listen. <laughs> well, if you're listening to the radio, you're going to have to turn that down or the computer or I something else. Okay, all right. What's your, or just turn you up. What is, uh, what is your name, please? Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Hi, you're Debbie. you're live on the show with uh, the captain, nobody, and Peakless Mountaineer. What's on your mind? And I'm guessing hey. that you're calling from somewhere deep in the south. You think? I think. Very good. No, I'm calling from South Carolina, and yep. the first today's the first day I've heard anything because I heard Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, Sean Hannity's show repeats on the weekend, uh -huh. and then I heard my congressman Ralph Norman. He mentioned something about um, he had introduced a bill um, to terminate the Department of Education at the end of the year, and I didn't know if that had anything to oh, do with this. Uh, with what? You know, well, it sounds like a great plan. Exactly. But no, what the, does it have to no, do like with? The, the Republicans oh, were talking plan. about uh, canceling the IRS. You know that's not going to happen. Wait, I'm sorry. What, and, well, they and always this guy's say talking they're going to do that the Department when they of can. Education. You it's know when that's they not can that they don't talk about it. I'm sorry, Debbie, what was the name of the, was it the congressman? Well, before I get to that. No, I'm sorry, what I, I was just, his name? What was his name? His name is Ralph Norman. He's oh, I don't trust him immediately. He has two first <laughs> names. 
Ralph Norman. Hey. He, oh, he's just, if no, I he's wanted any I'm, shit from you, I'd squeeze your head. If I wanted any lip out of you, I'd pull down your pants. <laughs> Ralph Norman is very, oh, I love Ralph Norman. He's very smart. He's a millionaire. The man knows what he's talking about. But my question to you guys See, is for, I don't, under, okay, I don't understand how Marjorie Taylor Greene, she said we would still be the United States and it wouldn't be a civil war. How would we still be the United States? Can you explain how? Yeah, we well, hopefully, would work? hopefully we wouldn't. She's she didn't seem that bright. Like she was talking about a national divorce, but when you got down to the details, it sounded more like you know a national. Let's see other people or a national like on the way to divorce or maybe a national trial separation of some sort. Because you know she thought she was still going to use the fucking military to enforce shit. Um, that that's not necessary. Each state can deal with their own shit. Um, you know, we tried having a federal government and we said, okay, we'll tolerate you motherfuckers if you leave us alone, except for shit dealing with the military. And that's, uh, you know, and, and, and like shit between the states. Um, and they said, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Fuck you. Yeah, they, um, they became the largest empire. We've decided yeah. that by between the states, everything. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think I think the several states can do a great job Debbie? Well, figuring that shit out. Debbie? Well, well, I'm kind of offended by your language, so I'm going to hang up now. Thank you. All right, thanks for calling, Debbie. She's having some what? She was offended by your language. Oh, well, fuck, she should have called when I was on the regular radio. <laughs> she wasn't offended when I answered the phone with Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Well, maybe she was. Maybe that was like. Or maybe her. she wasn't listening because she had their. Her, She's like, strike one, whatever, buddy. Whatever turned up. I'm yeah. a proper Southern woman. You do not speak to a lady. I, I like can that. respect that. I can respect yeah. that. Now, to answer her question. I just now, assume if they're listening to our show, they're no ladies. Well, this was a, uh, <laughs> this was a uh, probably somebody who was listening either to a delayed broadcast of Free Talk Live or. Uh, she's just now or listening to like a f- previous podcast or something and calling. We just yeah. happen to be on okay. the air at the same phone number. So yeah, yeah. Oh, well, if if you want to talk to somebody sane, don't call in the middle of the fucking night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the beautiful things about being on the internet is the uncensored freedom. Uh, that's the only way I can describe it, and I really, you know, she was offended. That's fine. She she can be yeah, offended. Yeah, she's I, not the first to offended. Well, she's Hopefully our first I'm to hang up exclusively offended. for the cussing. That is true, particularly on this program, yeah, right? We, it's a benchmark. We, uh, I think. we we should probably, since we're talking about it, let's do the uh, the thing, right? Mm-hmm. All uh, right. Shit, 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 piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. And and what? Tits. Tits. All right, good. And a big fuck you to the FCC. Yes, agreed. There's nothing in the Constitution that authorizes anything you do. The fucking cunts and cocksuckers. That's what FCC stands for. Of all those, the only exclusively positive one, tits. I've never heard any bad thing described as tits. Mm, Oh, look at that car. Tits. Um, Colder than a witch's titty. mm, In a brass bra. That's a witch's titty. Mm, but you assume there's two. Well, I do. Anyway. I'm, I, I hope for I three. Know, I mean, I assume that witch's tits are tits, in which case, 
there's still more than one of them, but still plural because there's more than one witch. They're not all sharing one tit. <laughs> but it would be weird if they were. It'd be kind of yeah. hot, but I don't see it. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend going skyclad in New Hampshire. That's what that's what I've I've got to say about cold weather. Well, Witch's not tit. this time of year. Yeah, not, we're, no, we're no. at second winter apparently. We just got through yes, fake it is. spring. Right, yeah, it is second. We did get through fake spring successfully. Mm-hmm. It is second winter now, uh, which is kind of how it goes here in the uh, the Northeast. Oh, of second all the things, fake spring. Yeah. You know, early winter, the whole thing was a fake spring. I, uh, I wanted to ask you guys a couple of things. And I was thinking that there that there wasn't one of these, and then I'm like, no, there totally was, and you guys will nail it right away, but... I was thinking how cryptocurrency, Bitcoin specifically, I mean all real decentralized cryptocurrencies, I guess, fit this bill, but it is the first... I'm not convinced that Bitcoin still fits that description. Okay, all right. BTC. But, but, but hear out the rest of what I have to say and focus okay. on that rather than the BTC part. Um, it stands to be the first money to be uh, detached from empire. Right, like up until now, mm. currency has been, you know, largely a government function, uh, and then so I thought, well, okay, cryptocurrency stands to be the first currency to transcend empire. Like mm. it exists now, and then the empire that we're currently in will go away at some point. Cycle of empires, it's going to happen, and another empire will come up somewhere. You know, probably another, you know, whatever. But this cryptocurrency. Uh, can uh, withstand or transition between empire. Whereas previously, mm. if an empire died, its currency died, and whatever empire rose, their currency became the dominant currency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what it is is it's an empire. Well, eater. gold didn't die; it just got taken. So it, it's not that it has I nothing. Because I was thinking that okay, there is one currency that does transcend empire, and that's gold. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, right. and that's going because to be a huge part of this. Real. I mean, make no mistake, there will be gold currency traded again on this continent. Oh, that is going to be a big part yeah. of this transition for people. I actually kind of argue that gold it has always been currency. Like, it didn't really mm-hmm. stop. It just, yeah. the government didn't adopt it, right? It did, but then it was like, oh, now we can fake everybody out with these pieces of paper. And so now everybody has pieces of paper instead of gold. Yeah, basically mm-hmm. what happened was we went, oh, they're not actually giving us gold for it? Well... Are we still treating it like they do? Because I really <laughs> right. don't want to get out of bed. Oh, we're not still. Tra- oh, okay. I'll get out of bed. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? This is Creighton, the conspiracy observer. The conspiracy observer. Okay. Conspiracy observer. Yes, in was, England. Was, oh, I don't believe I in was it. Conspiracy theorist, and everything I observe, everything I notice occurs. I'm just an observer. Yeah, they, um, they. I called in. They're running out of fake ones. <laughs> yeah, they are. The first uh, currency that was not related to an empire was actually nailed. Well, in the I, Roman Republic. R- related isn't really what I was going. At. I was going for transcends empire, right? And and gold obviously is one of them. Right, gold transcends, and you know diamonds. I guess you know precious jewels. Well, so the difference, though, and is girls. that gold doesn't eat up empires. Hmm? Like it, gold doesn't eat empires. Right, Fiat empires just does. dominate right. gold. Whereas Bitcoin, 
something like that where literally the way that it works is by being perfectly open to everyone all of the time. Yeah. Like that doesn't, it's not like it doesn't touch the empire. No, it does. It just doesn't touch the empire the way it wants to be touched. <laughs> Bad yeah. touch. And uh, I have a question. And the monsters hate up. it because privilege isn't privilege if everybody has it. What's your question, Crichton? Why is it that you guys might consider, no longer consider Bitcoin to be uh, because um, nobody uh, is uh, is a BTC minimalist. I, I was speaking for nobody but myself. That, but, mm, well, you're uh, speaking for nobody. Yes, I'm a BTC minimalist. And I would like right, to hear that theory. Is that the right word, um, though? Minimalist? Well, like, yeah, it's, it's it's like my least favorite uh, of of the well, major. Well, that's coins. not what okay. you said, Mister. You said um, I don't think it. I don't think it meets the 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 description anymore. Oh yeah, well, there's lots of coins. Okay, Bullshit. every coin is is more or less distributed than every other coin. Doesn't mean it's not a coin, but but this is this is my issue with with Bitcoin. Um, you know, it's 2017. Okay, uh, they've known from the start, or they should have known from the start that they needed to be able to do more than seven transactions per second. Visa can do 30,000. Well, okay. It turns out... So, hang on. Uh, but wait, there's more. Um, so, so basically they should have known that this was an issue, and they almost certainly did. Chances are there's a thing called a pound define in their code somewhere that with the block size in it, and it's just a number. And, and the way software is generally designed, you can just change that number, recompile your shit, and it still works with a bigger block size. Now, your mileage may vary depending on the quality of the code, but there's nothing in Bitcoin that shouldn't scale that easily. At first for the first scaling, because you're going from being, you know, a toy that somebody's developing in his basement to being in real use in the real world. And you need to do more than seven seconds for, per transaction. Okay. So... I, so I then, the but but let's let's get to the point of it. We got to 2017, and they uh, and and basically it was lagging. It was lagging as shit. Okay, the price was going up, but the fees were insane, and it was taking some transactions two weeks to get on the fucking blockchain out of the mempool. Okay, I had people calling me up and screaming at me. And I was like, I don't, I don't know why, why they haven't dealt Aren't with this Aren't you Bitcoin, yet. nobody? Aren't that's, you Bitcoin? Because that's kind well, of well. I mean, I talk to like people about when a market finds the price for a thing, they test the water and say, "Can uh, we no, charge it's more this?" Than when the market oh, finds that does that. It's, it's oh. when it's okay. We'll charge reasonable. It's amounts when a most thousand people try to march across your toy plastic bridge and it doesn't hold them up. And they fall in the fucking water and they die. Okay, so would, so when it got busy in 2017, they completely failed to fucking scale, and that's what caused the crash in 20 in in in, in 2017 because people bought this and said, "Oh my God, it can't do anything. It's too small." Okay, I can explain it. I already explained I it. Yeah, I think he just explained it. Go ahead, Creighton. Retort. Go ahead, Creighton. I was there in 2010, and I had the same questions you did. And it was explained to me then. 
it, the blockchain, the, the the block size limit is there on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's there to in, enforce a a a market price, but it's also the market price is also designed to to compel side chains and other forms of of off chain settlement. That uh, sounds just it, like what Blackstream said. Well, whether it's designed right. for that purpose or not, I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. that's an unavoidable effect. So the the fact of the matter is that if there's a coin out there that is worth mining, then there are going to be coins that are enough like it that they can be mined in the same way. And some of the time it's going to be worth doing those. Mm-hmm. So anytime that you have a coin that is getting mined, you're going to have easy access to side chains. And some of the times mm-hmm. the projects on those side chains will be worth paying them to mine. The thing is, a piece of software doesn't normally get to the point where it's like, oh, we need to make big add-ons to this before, you know, before anybody's heard of it. You know, it, it, it needed to scale. They needed to scale the Bitcoin solution before they went went on to designing a whole new solution that wasn't designed by Satoshi. Nobody really gets it. Even the people who use it, I talk to them, they don't fucking get it. You know, and uh, you know, it's like we're supposed to be wrapping our minds around Bitcoin now. That's going to take a long time. Now, you, now yeah. you want to come up. You want to you want to throw it in the mud, keep the keep the fucking name, but ditch the technology and go on to something completely different. I'd I'd prefer B- I prefer it's BCH completely different because at all. they scaled the technology they had before they wanted to move on to a new technology before the thing had even gotten popularly accepted. Okay, so one so part of the have. one part of the disagreement here was which of these is sufficient decentralization. Now, uh, the BCH argument is like, well, if you make the processors something that is so hard to get, then you're going to end up uh, centralizing the source of the processing power, which is a fair argument. Mm-hmm. On the BTC side, you had, well, if you put the block size that big, you run the risk that we won't improve technology fast enough that this thing can grow. Okay, and but you're not fair... growing that thing when you leave the thing as it is and start throwing other crap on top of it. If they wanted to start Lightning okay. Coin, they should have started it as a separate coin because it's Why? a completely different technology. Why? Because it's a completely different technology. Mm, I can do that again. Okay, so... <laughs> If only there was a way for you to let us know whether or not it was a completely different technology. It was a completely different technology. But was it, in fact, a completely different... Or maybe... It still uses Bitcoin. Well, so here's the thing. This is uh, is two things. And everybody knows this much. Like, if they know anything about Bitcoin, they basically know this much. Internet, money. Like, those are the two elements that people have a fair handle on that are involved in this thing. I like to throw the word magic in there, but sure. Sure, magic internet money. Let's let let's face it. The fact that it's little understood means that it has basically a magical element I, by definition. I actually refer to it as math magic. Yeah, as as yeah. a programmer, I don't want magic software. I want software that works in ways that I understand, I can predict, and I can make decisions okay. based upon. Well, that just makes you a wizard. That doesn't make it not right. magic. Right. I just to save time explaining it to. <laughs> 
people who are not software programmers or mathematicians, I just go, you know, the magic internet money. And they go, oh, right, Bitcoin. Or to put it this way, it is sufficiently advanced technology that it appears as magic. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we so don't know because money. they didn't advance that technology before they invented a whole new technology. Okay. At any rate, the internet part and the money part are both systems that we build in layers. Like, first we decide what the base money is. Yeah. Then we figure out, okay, well, I want contracts that do this. Networking 101, with seven money. layers. Hmm? Networking 101. Amen, brother. Seven layers. Yeah, uh, okay. Gen Generally, um, they like wait about in general they is wait built more in than twenty minutes after a, a new earth-shaking development to come along with a replacement and claim that it's the same thing. The Lightning Network is not a replacement. It really isn't. It, and basically, it's it's creating new networks rather than scaling your own network to do what it was designed to do which is trans which is process transactions you know no. that's kind of no, the, the necessary the thing and then they say well it'll just be a store of value well value is going to be generated by doing transactions and although bitcoin okay. is a, chi a no. shitload cheaper it's, than the it's banks to trans designed to do transactions that was the point it was designed primarily to be the highest level security available to Bitcoin. So if you needed high security, okay, you don't you need security if you're not Bitcoin. doing any any transactions. Because if you don't well, have any transact, if you're not doing any transactions, you don't have any value. Well, we can to agree store. that we want a, a a few things. We do want security. We do want speed. Yeah. Uh, we want it to be cheap. We want it to be reliable, and we want some privacy. Now, the fact of the matter is that these tend to interfere with each other when you place them on the same layer. So, we need first and foremost security and certainty. Mm -hmm. Okay, so everything gets sort of, uh, uh, yes, we do need this, we do need this, but we need certainty, security, oh, and the whole fucking point of the entire idea, decentralization. Okay, so on this layer we can do that, but... We're not going to be able to process that much data. Honestly, your brain's built the same way. Bitcoin like Cash your, your, can process plenty of fucking data. So right, if, which if, makes if it... all the other brains can do it fast and you can only do it slow, I'd say there's something wrong with your brain. Which is why they built that into the Lightning Network. Yeah, the whole point But they is had that... a perfectly good coin they hadn't even used yet. Well... it was It's brand new, brand new fucking shit. Okay. Well, and so look, and, and I've had time you can build to it the other way if that. you want. You can build it the other way if you want. Maybe at some point yeah. we will add a Bitcoin layer to cash, onto Bitcoin. That's the way to do it. Well, okay, but Bitcoin Cash isn't considered secure enough for some people's tastes. Right, let's well, let's like create another. The, the bottom line is, is security is going to scale with with the value. The miners are going to go where the money is, so it doesn't matter. Um, you know, if if you artificially make one coin extremely expensive, yeah, you'll suck in all, all the mining power. And that's exactly what the Federal Reserve would be doing if they wanted to keep all co all eyes on one crippled coin because they knew it couldn't do anything. Uh, or oh. there's this thing called so, competing for liquidity. Let's let's let Creighton have a word, guys. So you, you on at root you believe that this is some kind of Federal Reserve government bait and switch. Uh, well, the Federal Reserve government and Blockstream. Do you know who Blockstream is? I'm aware of Blockstream. Yes. 
Okay. Well, it, it all of a sudden, when somebody owned by by your enemies comes along and starts hiring up all your programmers, and then they won't solve programming problems in the obvious fucking way, something says to me, this isn't right. Well, again, in 2010, I, it was explained to me why it was going to go the way it went. Well, so here's the here's the thing. This is a market. So if you are mm -hmm. correct, and the best thing to put on layer one is to make sure that you have transaction speed and cheapness, then mm -hmm. okay, we will build on top of that because we also need privacy on one of these layers, and having mm -hmm. it on layer one makes us really, really suspicious. Okay, yeah. so we'd like to add privacy on layer two. We will also, in this case, throw some security on there that we can get either cheap or free, mm -hmm. probably based on BTC or something that mimics it, mm -hmm. and see if that attracts enough of the market attention to that product. Does it at least and make that, sense? And that means as long as you're using using that using uh, using uh, Lightning. You've put your money on the blockchain just to take it right the fuck back off again and trust it to just somebody like with a SQL database. You know, with a what? With a SQL data, SQL database, structured with a common desktop database okay. instead of a fucking blockchain, which is what we signed on for. You know, and I, if I, if I wanted some random guy keeping records for me, I wouldn't be using a blockchain. So Lightning Network is not decentralized. Oh, well, it's it's kind of polycentralized. Uh, it's 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 not certainly as as decentralized as the design of Bitcoin was, and, and that's that's the wrong direction because you could get less centralized than that. At a rudimentary well, level, then, if regular ass networking you know, has seven layers, when mm -hmm. it comes to you know, that's for internet networking, right? The internet. Mm -hmm. If the internet of money, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, whatever you want to call it, uh, it, it exists and it can be compared to a network, doesn't it make sense that that there should also be multiple layers to it? It makes sense to understand and explore the technology you have before you go on to build a new technology that's very much like the technology that you had before you had the great new technology. Uh, because there's... Awesome. Uh, okay, but let's say that happened just in you know some imaginary world in an alternate universe. That happened. Does there still exist or get invented in the future multiple layers on top of... BTC. Oh, there will probably be uh, be multi, and there there are multi layer uh, solutions. You know, the, this, this sounds to me like the cathedral of the czar argument. Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, it's from a book by Eric S. Raymond uh, called, called The Cathedral and the Bazaar, and it talks about the two different models of development where in the cathedral you have one guy on high preaching, and in the bazaar you have just, you know, everybody out there doing their thing. Um, and I tend to prefer the latter. Yeah. But you're arguing for the former. No. That's what it sounds like to me. No. I'm saying that you had a you had a coin that was fucking slow because you needed to adjust a pound to fine, 
Okay. The developers deliberately refused to scale the software in a way that could have been done in two days in a way to prevent a massive crash that cost every user of the system a boatload of fucking money when we should have been getting fucking rich. And then, instead of solving the fucking problem, they said, just give us two years and we'll come up with a completely different technology. One that doesn't have the characteristics. And by the way, brought to you by Pfizer and blockchain and banks and exactly the people who want to see Bitcoin fail. Then somebody comes along and oddly enough just pumps it up full of dollars. Who has a whole shitload of dollars to do that with? I can think of a couple of people. Um, and uh, they just pump it, plump full of dollars, and, and that makes it always the shiny thing in the fucking room. Also, oddly enough, there's exactly one coin that the mainstream media will discuss. It's called Bitcoin. Isn't that interesting? Why, why do you think that is? You would think they would be kind of hostile to it, no? But no, they're friendly to it and hostile to everything else. Why is that? Um, because I, they tried ignoring it and it didn't I go away. I don't buy it. And and I knew this was going to happen at some point uh, as, as soon as the thing was introduced to me because one of the things I said is they're going to try and buy this bitch and run it into the fucking ground. Well, that's okay, though, mm. because the when they try to buy this bitch, you can do a hard fork and get out of their fucking trap. Okay? Except... The uh, the problem was the, the the marketing was a little too good and a little too slick on the uh, on on the Bitcoin side because wow they had a lot of corporate types working on that part. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it sounds like the what what you wanted to have happen did happen just via the fork to BCH. Uh, well, so BCH yes. is your preferred mm, structure of the block size, correct? Uh, yeah, it is not necessarily. I mean, I can't say that it that it's the that it's the uh, um, that it's got the most efficient technology out there yeah. because you know in the bottom line the bottom line is uh, Bitcoin costs so much in terms of in terms of energy because it's a brand it was it was a brand new. Uh, investment, you know, mm -hmm. it, was, it was a brand new way of, of doing this sort of thing. So it's it's going to be inefficient, and that's generally the first thing that you wanna that you wanna work on is get first make it work. Yeah. Then you make it efficient. Okay. Yeah. So so uh, there exists the original BTC, and then there also exists now BCH, which exists in your preferred format, right, with the block size. Mm -hmm. Uh, shouldn't the market then just suss it all out? Yes, and and I'm going to do my best to explain to the market what the fuck I think is going on here, uh, which is what which is what I've been doing, and I'm going to do it emphatically uh, because um, you know the, the, these the, the shit is not accidental, you know. Okay, so here's my question though: How the fuck else was it supposed to absorb all of the world's value? Well, it wasn't going to absorb all of the world's value. There was always going to be a collection of coins. One of my okay. one another issue that I've got with with Bitcoin is it's the only coin that thinks it's going to have a fucking monopoly. 
and has all these monopolists going, oh, yeah, we're, we can only use our coin. Every other coin yeah, is I'm, shit coin. I, I'm well, not, fuck that. Hey, I'm not calling other coins shit coins. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, but there's only one coin that has that cult. Uh, Crichton, yeah, no. let's, and let's let you get a word in here. I want to be involved. Let's in. let Crichton get a word in here. Crichton, your thoughts? Um, I'm I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist either, but nor am I a minimalist. I, I'm still waiting to see what, how it plays out. But I was mostly just curious as to his argument. Yeah. I heard it, and I don't agree with it, but at least I heard it. All right. Yeah. Well, that that's a start. <laughs> hey, Crichton, thank you for the call. We appreciate you. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. I wanted to ask you guys about something related to Bitcoin uh, block size. Uh, what the fuck are ordinal inscriptions? Mm. Uh, ordinal? NFTs for BTC. You got a microphone. You got to use if you're gonna. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? I don't have a good answer for you, uh, so I don't mind being far, long long way from the microphone. Okay. NFTs for BTC. Well, so I I read, and you know I don't know oh. how up you guys are on this. I read that um, because of these ordinal inscriptions on BTC, uh, they are actually forcing the block size to be bigger. Uh, it is uh. very likely to end up filling the block. Yep. Uh, so here's the thing: blocks are always going to end up being filled when they're useful. But so uh, mm-hmm. the the market is going to be a competition between. Uh, are these uh, permanent records yeah. going to be so valuable to people yeah. that they want to outbid these permanent financial transactions? Because it sounds to me, and again, I'm using layman's terms because I, I'm no fucking Bitcoin genius, right? Uh, but I recognize uniqueness, and that's why I'm drawn to cryptocurrency. Uh, it sounds to me like one of the early promises of Bitcoin, cryptocurrency in general, was that it could be money with features. And one of the features that was uh, presented to me at some point was that you could take like one Satoshi and attach like a certificate to it. I'm thinking NFT mm-hmm. here at this point, mm-hmm. right? Attach something like a title to I don't know, a car or something, right? Something tangible. And it says uh, whoever possesses this particular Satoshi uh, is the official owner of this piece of property, this car, whatever so it is. A lot of this mm-hmm. comes down to are you encoding the file or the fingerprint? So with financial transactions, you just encode a fingerprint, okay. and that proves the entire, uh, all the whole history and all of the and all of the transactions you just submitted are totally proved in this one little fingerprint. Now you can also have a fingerprint of a file. Be like, okay, here's proof that I had say uh, a deed. Okay, in this deed we put this and. Hey, we even threw a hash in there uh, to associate it to this thing to make it unfakeable. And now that we have the fingerprint for that, because that's what a hash is, it's a fingerprint of the thing. Okay, now we can prove that this had all of this data, because the chances of it being anything else are literally one atom in the universe. Now, what people can do instead of that is piece by piece put data on the permanent record. Hmm. Um, I think that what is going to end up happening, uh, so that's the thing, this is a market. And that provides different benefits. If right. you want to have um, uncensorability, 
then having a hash on the blo- on the uh, on the blockchain isn't good enough because people can't look at that hash and recover the data from right. it. Right. Right. Uh, we'll pick this up if we have to a bit later, but let's go to the phones. Beard right. Talk Live, who the fuck is this? This is Nick from Louisiana. Hey Nick, welcome hey. to the show. You're on born with- in the Berkshires. <laughs> right underneath you all. <laughs> You're mm-hmm. on the show with Captain Nobody and Peakless. What's on your mind? Okay, yeah. Uh, I listen to you all occasionally. Now, they're going to take away my phone because I, all of a sudden I can't afford it for another month. Mm. But anyway, I worked ambulance service, and before that with SCA, post-Vietnam, joined another bunch of uh, Vietnam vets. We were in the SCA, Society of Creative Anachronism, made our own armor and sword and fighting and all that. But nice. we researched history, and I just finished reading a book Again, that I read 33 years ago, uh, the history of the Franks. Gregory of Tours wrote it. He became a bishop, and Saint Martin of Tours was a Roman soldier, um, became a bishop earlier, and all that. But anyway, long story short, the Roman Empire split up in two parts and survived for another 80 to what 100 years. So uh, there would be an alliance if we split up into two parts. That, you know, if one's attacked, we'll probably go help the other one and all that. But, you know, everything else can be worked out. How many ports we're going to have, how the railroads would go <laughs> if they work. Sure. And uh, mm. we need a new FBI. <laughs> well, and like fact, a, a new FBI, yeah. oh, God. No, no, uh, I, I, I thought he said FBI. Oh. Yeah, well, no, I said we need a new FBI. I would raise yeah. the bill and, and, and that's what why floor? it's absurd. Well, that's why it's absurd we're having Marjorie Taylor Green talk. We're not even allowed to feather them. They're yeah. useless. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, no, not only that. Like I said, is they, they don't even go to jail anymore. No, they don't. No, no. Thing. They they yeah. swear to God to witness that we will support the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Take the part domestic and underline it, <laughs> and nothing happens. You know. Oh, yeah. So anyway, oh, I watched like that yeah, FBI I mean, agent look, lie I'm at my trial. To, uh, I'm trying to protect the like figurative Constitution, like the health of my nation of my people of my country of this like i'm trying to protect your health you're, from you the madmen like that are attacking you from within that you, you keep you handing like the spears to stab you with you you sound like you're hurt like i am when i'm seeing my country dying around me and the freedom i knew that I was going on these people hurt by kid. these monsters a free to thousand yeah. slaves i mean you all free to thousand inside, more if they'd only happen. known they were slaves yeah and they yeah i know but they were and the other side's laughing at us. Both. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I'm probably more conservative than you all, but I know they're 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 fingering the both of us. You know, they're well, sticking a finger in our. So face. as a conservative, then, um, like it's my opinion. I was brought up, I guess, in a conservative. One of the households was very conservative, and that's I remember that most for their their po- political leaning. But um, like, wouldn't it be the most American thing you could do to be for? independence and for individual freedoms yes yes leave me alone look i'm one of the guys with two others who were refused medical school lsu tulane one of them at tulane told me straight out don't apply over here i'm not going to let you in you are you're a christ worshiper and you wear christ on your sleeve i said no i don't I, i thank where i how i got up here so anyway two other guys also one of them from vietnam time also but they they still doing it if you have any religious and all that i was even warned by one of the girls in the nursing school don't ever mention that you go to church if you're going to do an interview mm-hmm. so like i said that's going on this has been going on now for 30 years they look 
uh, this is my opinion only. Yeah. All this crap started when the, they were sh- they started by killing Kennedy way back then in '63. You know, I and piece by piece. I'm right even, there with you. I just I just finished watching old black and white thing on a tape of uh, Sergeant Bilko. It was '56 '57, and CBS put it out, and it was a comedy thing from the army, and it was a piece and all that. But yeah. the point was that. Guys were joining the army, thinking the army was like that. Now we, this was a peacetime army, so yeah, you had time to you know go around and have fun and get a trade and all. The point being is that uh, after that, CBS took it off after four years successfully. And the ratings kept going up because we started getting involved over in Vietnam. And you know, you know, CBS is not for anybody in the military these days. So anyway, I'm just saying this is something I picked up in the last 24 hours. I'm still running it over my mind. But anyway, yeah. The mainstream media is the entertainment division of the military-industrial complex. Yeah, but they don't like the military. Well, the, their military... I, I mean, they know. claim I mean, the, they don't. You mean, you mean they don't like the people that they're sacrificing? The human sacrifices that yes, they pick the, at random by... The workers... Have, putting, they put you in this. Their cir- sons and daughters yeah. over there. Yeah, I know. They put you in this circumstance of- where the only way to get ahead uh, economically is to roll the dice on whether you will be sent to die in the fields of what war? Exactly. Exactly. We don't win wars anymore. No. This is the. I think it's to break our morale. The anyway, only way to win long. wars is not to get in them. I think it's to there make them valuable to the people. <laughs> like, if your cousin dies for a thing, you believe that thing is a real thing. Like, you have to, or else you face the horrifying truth that people are dying for nothing. Mm. Well, that's why so many veterans are, are, are committing suicide these days. What? Most, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've talked to, to a lot of these guys, because some of them end up anarchists instead, and they realize... Yeah. Yeah. Where they went wrong, you know, okay, they well, weren't uh, wrong to be fighting terrorists. Right. It's they just didn't realize that it was the terrorists who were telling them what to do. Okay. Yeah. Well, close up with the Roman Empire where I started with. Uh, surprise, surprise! I find out this is after looking at them since eighth grade. I took a book underneath the tree at lunchtime mm-hmm. in eighth grade. The story of the Roman people by Edith Tepan. The book. Book was printed in 1901. Okay. Anyway, anyway, the point being is that uh, they had 50 provinces, 51 province, 49 province. It moved back and forth, but there it goes. The Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. No, all the king's horse, all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty together again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well there you are. Look, I said, like I said, it's gotten to the point. No, I can't stand the communists and what they're doing. Yeah. I can't stand what they're doing to the children. I can't stand what they're doing to education. They're not teaching them math, how to read and write. I got them down the street. Yeah, I've already gotten snobbery reports on it. I worked at the ambulance. We went to nursing homes. There's one not too far between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Yeah. It's got veterans in it. And like they said, we didn't go to Vietnam for what the crap that's going on now. And I have to stay silent. I can't say nothing because I'm a professional at the ambulance, but I'm retired now. But anyway, I'm just letting you know the latest I had, and I want you to keep that flag of freedom flying high. Hey, thanks. We uh, appreciate your call, you man. Got, no, no, you you got you got a lot of good ideas that I I don't go for all your ideas, but that's my freedom. Mm-hmm. And well, we appreciate you. you. Keep listening. Thanks so much for the call. We appreciate the uh, uh, other perspective if you can offer it too. Yeah. I mean, if we're wrong somewhere, I'd love to hear an argument. Yeah. Um. 
so much to unpack there with that caller. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, key in 1913, Federal Reserve creation into that, uh, and how did that assist in the events leading up to JFK? Well, honestly, I was thinking about the the madness that it is to hand your children over to strangers oh, yeah. to be raised. Because, because Worse people, than strangers, enemies, yeah. people who hate you, because yeah. people who want nothing more than to make your children hate you. And because well-dressed men who can't get along won't fight between themselves. Yeah. They will instead send children to fight for them because they're the ones with the disagreement. They won't even pay for it themselves. They'll force that on little people as well. Right. Not anymore. See, that's the thing. What is happening right now is one way or another of an absolute fundamental sea change in human behavior on Earth. So the thing is, we talk about economics, but economics is nothing more or less than a, a significant portion of just humans being social. And it ties into every other part of just humans being social. Well, it's, it's, it's more than that. I mean, basically, if you take a whole network of, of competing nodes and, and you tune it by giving more weight to the nodes that tend to be right and less weight to the nodes that tend to be wrong, and you keep doing that for a long period of time, and you've got a sufficient number of nodes, like maybe 7 billion, what you get is, is, is a neural net that is global, well, a neural net that uses every living human being as an input device. Okay, because what you consider to be valuable tells tells uh, everything about where you are and, and what what your circumstances are. So by knowing what's valuable to you, they know what will, at least in your opinion, aid aid in your survival. Yeah, and and when you think about hmm. the processing power involved, I mean. Um, hmm. A human is way smarter than any kind of artificial intelligence we've seen seen yet. Yeah. Um, you know, it they they don't have they don't have the processing power. Uh, but uh, but but when you get seven billion of, of of them with this program running on on their brain, I mean that's what's lifted people out of poverty for so long. Yeah, I thought it was voluntary interaction, the market. Well, that's well. It is. Those are the but same the pricing thing. Like, the expression is vital. Of, yeah, the expression of value is absolutely necessary to have a market. Because because it's value that tells you uh, what your neighbors need. Right. Okay. If your neighbors are telling you, "I'll give you five dollars for a bottle of water," you know they legitimately you need it. Okay. Yeah. Because they're willing to trade a lot of value for it. You know, so what's she to do? Get as much water as you can, load up the trunk, go down, sell it to their neighbors as, as well, because obviously they need water. Yeah. Now, it, the socialists take the opposite view. They, they don't think you should sell people things they need. You should sell them shit they don't want. What would the socialists sell them? Well, they should say you should go down and give that shit away, uh, and then you can die with them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there we have it. Well, I, I I just lost my whole train of thought there. 
wandering all over the avenue of consideration again? I I was. Can I see your degree? Take it out of the frame. Well, so so basically what this is is a hack on human empathy. What what is? Uh, Bitcoin, the market, Ah, uh, the expression of value. Okay, all right. So what's the... What's the uh, relationship to the so to Bitcoin? Our our capacity for empathy is our very ability to go. Oh, I like say not being hungry. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. are a thing like me. You must also like not being hungry. I do right, and that is a really sophisticated neurological expression, and being able to express it throughout the world at a low price certainly to anybody, and have absolute uh, recognition of it throughout the world and a record of that. It's like a hack on human empathy. Now, do with it what you will, but here's what people value. Here's what they are hungry for. And holy crap, we have the ability to just feed everyone so much better and faster than we ever have before. I'm with you, and I think that uh, having uh, multiple communities that produce things uh, in their own niche, whatever, whatever that is, and then trading with other people... Uh, is the, the best way to get things done. And also, for the first time in history, uh, you can uh, build wealth yourself by serving your fellow man instead of crushing him, right. and defeating him, or murdering him and collecting it through that method. Yeah, the free market doesn't have to be a zero-sum game. Yeah, I mean, we're developing a technology that actually delivers on the promise of what we were told about money. Now, money is nothing like what they told us it was, even remotely. Right. But we do now have a technology that is exactly what they sold money to us as. I I just, all, all this week, I was thinking about cryptocurrency transcending empires. And mm-hmm. I think that, like, because generationally, you know, two, three generations from now, I think cryptocurrency still exists, and, and I think it... You know, if there is such a thing as state-based currency in three generations, uh, it will just be uh, a token, literally. Of it'll just be a representation of what used to be. Well, so I think that there. Okay, so we know for a fact that there's going to be different kinds of coins. Mm-hmm. And look, this is just more advanced technology. So sooner or later, there's going to be a variation of this that the states use. But they'll be they'll be market uh, th- th- there'll be market participants in uh providing force yeah. instead of monopolists in providing force at the time because you can't use everybody's everything to feed your army anymore well sure like mm-hmm. i am I'm, I'm with nobody on the uh, btc core team should have just gone ahead and bumped up the block size i'm i'm with him on that they didn't do that and so then we got the hardware web bitcoin cash which i truly believe is superior as far as a currency is concerned uh, because it solved that problem that doesn't mean i'm not still interested in bitcoin and i'm not still interested in lightning network and i'm not still so, interested in like monero and privacy coins and i'm not still interested right. in like decentralized currency i'm interested in all of this because i still see this as very young within the invention right we're in like the first 6 months of television 
Right. Right. Like if you compare the cryptocurrency industry now to the television industry, you know, six months in after its birth, I yeah. think that's kind of the where we're at. The fact of the mm -hmm. matter is that it is too early to tell who is right about what is the most effective way of keeping it decentralized. Now, we will absolutely find out, but the fact is that we were making projections based upon our models. Okay, I think this is the best way to keep it decentralized. I think this is the best way to keep it decentralized. Now, if this one is actually the best way to keep it decentralized, then it'll end up drawing a huge market share because, hey, I can. Th that's a really, really important part. Uh, like, that's the core of the technology is that you get to own this yourself. And it can't be a permission system, which is what decentralization is. Right. So if, this, if it turns out that a bigger block size provides better decentralization, then a little while down the road, that's going to come out and people are going to go, ooh, yeah, that was actually the point of this. Mm -hmm. um, they make it more mine than you, so step up your game or I'm out. Mm -hmm. Great. The thing to remember, though, is... Too, too soon to tell yet. The thing to remember is the purpose of, of the investor and the purpose of the investor is to you know, guide guide resources to the most important ends. Um and uh and you know there's it's there's been a disappointing early takeover by these uh kind of crypto bros or uh, all about, you know, hookers, Lambos and blow, mm. you know. And and it's like you know, we're still in the process of well, building the technology, and that and that's the Maxi's uh, biggest bitch. Like their whole thing, like the reason that they've gone so hard in this mono direction yeah. is because they are so sick of what they call crypto, what I call like altcoin DeFi nonsense. Like it was a bunch of altcoins. They labeled it DeFi. It was neither decentralized nor was it finance. It was, look, I knew this was coming. Yeah, and I said as much, look, we are copying every single thing that exists in our current financial system. It's all getting copied. Yep. Some well, of it's going to break. Not... Lots of it's going to break. Lots and lots and lots of it is mm -hmm. going to show you every flaw that should have been visible if the <laughs> regulatory agencies hadn't been captured from the get-go. 99% of new software projects won't, uh, won't produce... Uh, an outcome, and only one in a million will produce earth-shaking results. Right. You know, um, and and that's the reality. That said, I think I think uh, historically, the 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 best way that I that I could have made money off this market was just buy a dollar's worth of each coin the first time I heard about it and throw yeah. it in a wallet until yeah. there's a million coins. Well, uh, well, I mean, there's only like three thousand now, so. You know. Is there? Yeah. I thought it was like ten thousand. Mm, okay, maybe it's there's, more. It, it Look, depends I don't have ten thousand dollars of development to, you're to counting. Yeah. toss around either. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's still, it's not. You know, it's. But if, that's the it, thing. It might be okay, ten thousand. Uh, buy a scratch ticket if you want, man. But mm. look, I would much rather go. Okay, I have a little bit of Monero. Why? Because it's a solid technology. Mm -hmm. It's got a use case. Like I, I, I think that what they're doing is is correct and it works. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking that gamble. If you don't think Monero is correct and works, then don't have any Monero. Mm -hmm. Like, which fair enough. I mean, right. maybe the fact that it still inflates, even though it's less uh, less of an inflation than gold, 
maybe that turns people off. You I know? just make I, your bets, but you know it's. Uh, but still, like if you throw something in these decent technologies, and they are decent technologies, then that pays off down the road because the it, they'll be valuable enough that you can move it where you want it to. I love the fact that the cryptocurrency market uh, resembles to me more like the cereal aisle of the grocery store than right. it does like. Uh, I don't know. What's the smallest display of something in the grocery store? I can't uh, think of anything. A Soviet convenience store. <laughs> I'm thinking mm. like, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a grocery store that has one like cigar humidor, right? And it carries like five cigars, right? As opposed to that, right? Uh, that's the difference, though, between statist money and uh, what I'm going to call the language of uh, the expression of value, which is cryptocurrency. Right. Cryptocurrency to me is a language. It's mm -hmm. yes, it's a technology, but I think fundamentally it's it's a it's code. So it is a language. Obviously, it has to be a language, but it's the language of the expression of value, much in the same way music is the expression of emotion. And that's mm -hmm. why I am so interested in it, because my favorite feature is the no permission thing. Oh, yeah. I just mm -hmm. fucking love that. Not only did it not ask permission to exist which no one should have to do, by the way. Uh, it went ahead and existed in spite of mm -hmm. everybody of any amount of power trying to take it down. Governments, mm -hmm. corporations, hackers, thieves, everybody has tried to take it down. No one has succeeded. Yeah. It's perfectly formulated for it. So if what you're trying to take down is a centralized system, which by definition, it's a monopoly on force. Yep. Okay, well, if what you're trying to take down is a centralized system and you, okay, well, centralized systems can only take down centralized systems. That's why they like mm. having giant mega corporations because they know who to tell what to do. But if you have this thing that, okay, well, I'm regulating this. All right. But only the centralized exchanges will be regulatable. Only the centralized coins will have, like, people you can track down to tell what to do with that code. Yeah. That's why eventually, sooner or later, Ethereum is going to break. No one's going to want it anymore. Because, oh, you mean it's doing the same thing where the rich get richer? We kind of wanted to not do that. I, oh, and we also replicated the technology six ways from Sunday here, here, and here. That, okay. That's part like uh, when Ethereum first sort of showed up uh, in the crypto space. Uh, I read the white paper. I didn't understand it, and but the parts that I did understand made me go, "Oh shit! This is a computer in the sky that anybody can program on." And so that idea is what mm -hmm. drew me to Ethereum. Now, yes, absolutely, other people have done it and done it better. Uh, Ethereum is struggling to sort of keep pace with it. But, hey, welcome to the market. Mm -hmm. yeah, right? If you can do a thing, so can a bunch of other people. And if you don't do it better than they do, you're getting left behind. That's just how the market works. Yeah, and that's a different technology. It's a different use case. Yeah. You are decentralizing computing in a, a very different way than they uh, decentralized the computing that they used for uh, the uh, particle colliders. Yeah. Uh, Ethereum, the idea behind Ethereum, is more like what people refer to today as the cloud, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. The, the cloud today just means, well, it's sort of stored on other people's computers or big banks of computers owned by corporations, whereas Ethereum is really, truly decentralized far more so than, like, the regular Internet. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Now, the fact is, that is captured six way from Sunday. And the thing is, since you're not actually a primarily monetary system, you're not competing for liquidity. Yeah. Which means you're going to break. Like, being captured and not competing for liquidity is is a toxic combination. So, like, yeah, the downside is that, yes, all of the corporate pricks who got us into this fucking mess that we explored very thoroughly in 2008 they're the ones with all the money and we had to eat all the dollars eventually somewhere okay so yeah that means we have to go through the annoying part where they pick the coin which is stupid so they picked the thing that acts like a bank it's slow it's stodgy it's anal retentive they picked that one yes that's annoying but that's what that's where we're at and Will that stay? I don't know. Market's going to do what the market's going to do. Don't ask me what the market's going to do. Otherwise, you should have made me grand supermaster leader. <laughs> uh, but you don't want that. No. I have one brain. Not like an infinite multiplex of brains talking to each other. Unibrain? <laughs> monobrain? Right. I'm a monobrain, man. I can't do that kind of thing. Uh, I can't rule anyone but me. Uh, so permissionless, right? I just, I love that. I love yeah. that it's, it exists in spite. Anybody that's ever tried to take it down actually makes it stronger. Yeah. And that's one of the it's things an that- anti-fragile system. It, it's like when governments or corporations or some combination of governments, corporations and, and people, hackers and, you know, otherwise, you know, shady characters or people looking to get rich, whatever, when they act nefariously towards- the cryptocurrency and fail it strengthens the cryptocurrency it actually makes it stronger mm-hmm. the more you attack yeah. it the stronger it gets and oh, so yeah. the uh, just a, a quick side note on that one when it was at its weakest when uh, when they asked uh, please don't pay pick pay WikiLeaks with our currency it's too weak right now was because it was being ignored and if it gotten smashed and ignored at the same time they could have actually taken it out but that's the thing. Once you stop ignoring it and haven't smashed it already, it's a tar baby. It's anti-fragile. The more you fuck with it, the stronger it gets. It's when you leave it alone and ignore it that it like might have slunk silently into the, the cobwebs. But now it's out of the bottle. People are looking. Yeah, genie's out. Yeah. It, it, it's... It's kind of like the the uh, reverse of this one episode of The Simpsons, where like all of the the brand mascots are giant and go crazy destroying the town. It's like just don't look, just don't look. Yeah, it was the opposite of that. They looked, and now it exists. Do you think that that perhaps because I've been thinking about this sort of bridge between uh, I hate to say between empires, but that cryptocurrency could transcend transcend empires. Do you think that? Bitcoin cryptocurrency as a whole won't see its peak value until there is some sort of a, a fall of, you know, say the United States, for example. I think that it is our one true hope for a nice, gentle landing. It is almost like they, they call it in the corporate world uh, the golden parachute. Yeah. When they when they hire these CEOs or, or whatever, uh, they say, OK, we're going to hire you. But uh, if we have to fire you. Uh, we can do that, but we'll give you, you know, twenty million dollars or you know five extra years of pay for you to just go away quietly. Uh, and they call that the the golden parachute clause. It so that's not what's happening here, but it, it is interesting that for the first time, mankind has sort of a way to shovel itself out. Yeah. Of the fall of 
an empire-dominated currency. Yeah, a phrase that I, I wish I could uh, empire-created currency. But uh, it is not the sword to kill the Minotaur. It is the thread to find your way out. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of look at it. Uh, I look at cryptocurrency, and I kind of look at the freedom movement in New Hampshire in the same way. They're lighthouses, man. Yeah. You know, you're in rough fucking seas, man. It's storming all over the fucking place. You got to fight for your life on the daily or whatever. And you just see this light off in the distance. And you're like, I I got to go towards that light, man. You know, it sounds like, uh, sounds like a place I need to be or something yeah. I need to look into, you know. And it, it does feel like cryptocurrency is an oasis uh in, in ways of finance. In, in some wild seas. And it's also shining light on the rocks. Yeah. So look, here you are, like, you're being tossed about. There's rocks. You just don't know where they are. Right. That's what the, the monetary and financial system that the entire world is in right now is like. Yeah. And uh, newsflash, that water's about to freeze. Flash freeze suddenly and you will be stuck. And here's this lighthouse showing you here's where the system is bullshit. I'm sorry, did you just bring it back to second winter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, go on, continue. Well, well no, I mean, what else are you going to describe the central bank digital currency? It's a prison, so it's going to freeze everything in place. You will be locked in a prison forever once you, the, once you accept the central bank digital currency. Or none of that could happen. Here's this golden parachute where we could actually... because. These fiat currencies, I mean, they fly too close to the sun, they're incredibly volatile, and they're designed to crash. But the people who are running them, like, they know this this cycle, and they are prepared for, yep, every now and again we crash and kill a whole lot of people and reconsolidate our power. And here's this one chance where, like, no, we, we have a thing that actually flies. I have an alternate uh, acronym for CBDC. Citizen Brainwash Direct Control. Nice. CBDC. That's exactly what it is. But yeah, on the other hand, we could just use actual money. And it's doing all the things we want money to do. I I am such a fan of cryptocurrency. And at the same time, I'm a fan of gold. Yeah. Like particularly gold backs like oh my gosh another new invention an improvement on the mm. age-old tradition of gold mm. being currency well and here's the thing it's it's the two sides of human nature that are really really valuable okay we've got tangibility and abstracts i mean if your head's too far in the clouds uh, you won't get anything done if you go too far in the abstract you, you've lost touch you know Whereas, keep your feet on the ground, and keep your head in the clouds a little, and you walk as a giant. So, have something mm. tangible. I feel the gold in my hand. I see the sun glint off of it, and I know it for what it is. Like, have something that you connect your physical life to, but also have words, essentially. You know, the abstract that I can communicate across space and time. I want to go back to uh, ordinals. Uh, just because, yeah, I'm sorry to jump around, oh, but, uh, so just like, uh, Ethereum was a way of, uh, uh of doing, uh, computer processing in a cloud. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so like the whole NFT thing, uh, and ordinals, which are basically, it's like they put numbers on the pages. So that way you can put files in since it's such small blocks. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's a decentralized uh, hard drive. Right, right, yes, and uh, a and, giant one at that. Yes, yes, yes. And, and what what I think is going to end up happening is that as we realize what this technology is uh, throughout the world, we're going to go, oh, you mean the really obvious place to put our our deeds and titles and stuff? <laughs> right. Yes. Oh. The almost free registry. The, the BR, the bureaucracy replacer. Right. Right. There'll be some other you right. know, title for it, but now, that's what I like to call it, the bureaucracy yeah. replacer. Now, at some point, there's probably going to be a lull in the need to uh, to use our bureaucracy. And in those time periods, uh, the people who really want to store certain files forever mm -hmm. will have a completely decentralized uh, uh, way of doing so. And the thing is, this can be done with... Uh, basically any chain, basically any chain can have ordinals put onto it and be used as a, a decentralized hard drive. So, okay, so how is it that adding an ordinal to a Satoshi increases the block size? Oh, uh, because it makes it, it makes more, it makes an additional use for the block. So there was this whole chunk of the block that, okay, there's just not so many transactions. Here's the, the, the block size is X. The transaction size is, is a very specific set by the, the hash uh, thing, okay. the size of the fingerprint. Um, so there were only so many fingerprints in the block, but now there's some extra use purpose for all this space in the block. So we could just use the rest of that space to permanently store files. Okay. All right. So if I, uh, is attach the right word? If I attach uh, an NFT to a Satoshi of, I'm just going to use Bitcoin for for example, because that's what's happening uh, in the news, well, at least when, when I look at it. If I do that, does the Satoshi of Bitcoin that I've attached it to have more value than one Satoshi? Uh, depends on... Uh Depends on if it has value, basically. Like, if you value it more, then you're willing to pay more for it. So it's kind of like, uh, are baseball cards valuable? Well, to some people they are. Okay. They're not right. valuable to me. I won't give you a quarter for a baseball card. Okay. Like, nothing. Like, I'm keeping my pennies. I have no use for a baseball card. Right. So if you have that attached to that Satoshi, it's no value to me. But on the other hand, if like you have this thing and like, oh, you know, I would like a permanent. So the Satoshi remains the Satoshi. It's the right. the NFT or the ordinal inscription, which yeah. is, I believe what they're calling them. Ordinal inscription. It just sounds way fancier than it actually is. Uh, in fact, it sounds like a band name. Thanks for coming out. We're ordinal inscription. <laughs> well, I'm glad that the programmers are are sounding fancy for a change instead of <laughs> jargony. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's just because ordinal is like the proper term. There's cardinal numbers and ordinal numbers, and it's a whole thing that I scarcely understand from Bible school. So, uh, yeah, it all sounds very mm, religi, religi, religiony. There we go. There we go. Yeah, well, I mean, they are a bunch of scribes. Litigous. So, what do you want? Would you say nobody? Litigious. 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 That too. <laughs> <laughs> we are litigious ordinal inscription. <laughs> We are the all-singing, all-dancing crap of the world. <laughs> and their acronym is LOI. <laughs> L-O-I. That's just, that's horrible. You guys have horrible ideas? Mm. Well done. It's a sick world. Now, I'm a happy guy. It just occurred to me, though, uh, ordinals might uh, possibly put some serious strain on BCH. 
because BCH also had the thing where like, okay, you only have X number of transactions, mm -hmm. so that, that block's not entirely full. And now that they've made a much bigger block size, hey, we found a use for all that space. So it might get harder and harder to maintain a complete record of BCH, depending on how many people want to do that. Well, I mean, the thing is, if if that ha if that's happening, then it's going to involve a lot of people using the coin. So, right, those of us who are using using the coin will have lots of money to make sure that they get service. All right. So then, um, does the ability for ordinal inscriptions to be added to Satoshi's on BTC make BTC more valuable? Uh, it makes it more useful, yeah. Um, unfortunately, it does also open up an avenue of attack. So if you can store files, you can store illegal files. Well, I mean, uh, the network isn't going to care what the right. state thinks of your files. So essentially, it is a it is a very easy way for the state to declare war on on any given blockchain. I, I'm not following. How does so, adding an NFT to a Satoshi result in uh, oh sabotage? Uh, if that if that file is illegal, say uh, uh, child porn, for example. Yeah. Because uh, you, what it's been is you can throw a link on there to something else that might have child porn on it, but you couldn't actually store the file on the chain. Okay. Now you can store the file on the chain. Okay. So the the state has an absolutely reasonable excuse to tell everyone why they're hurting everyone who's running this particular uh, chain. Mm, okay, but to be fair, uh, illegal files are stored on the internet every day. Yeah, that's true. So just, you know. And the and the government uses that excuse to raid all sorts of people who are, yeah. 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 Interesting. So would all of the other cryptocurrencies, BCH specifically, uh, but all the rest of them too, would they also be able to uh, have ordinals uh, added to their... Mm -hmm. Whatever they're yeah, unit, as far as I unit, know, Satoshi unit equivalent is. Um, let's see. I'm not sure if you can do that with uh, any of the zero knowledge stuff or with Monero. Okay. Um, you might be able to. I'm just not quite familiar enough with uh, with that kind of technology. But okay. I think even then, you can throw an ordinal on there. If the development teams of those things wanted to make that happen they could probably write some code and do so yeah which, this is one which of the might things. mean that there's a there might become a niche for hey we figured out a way to not put ordinals on our blockchain right and therefore haha you can't target us or with your yeah somebody figures out a way to do it uh better than all the other chains like hey come right. on put your ordinals over here we do it better yeah faster more whatever well yeah. i think that's basically what filecoin was aiming at uh interesting um, should we should we just break right now? Yeah. yeah? Okay. Uh, I'm feeling it. We're going to take about a 10-minute break. I'm going to uh, play a little something for the folks playing the home game of Beard Talk Live. Uh, if you want to call in, give us about 10 minutes or so. It's 603-283-616. Sorry, 6160.
Not ideas. Every 
Beard Talk Live has returned. Uh, we were just discussing uh, during the break, Peakless and I, that this uh, thrash metal band Havoc, uh, they have this uh, album called Conformicide, which is a fantastic portmanteau. I'd call it a portman three. Um, okay. Death by like conformity. That's, that's how good of a portmanteau right. it is. <laughs> Tell, portman two, portman three. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da, portmanteau. <laughs> I don't know what that means or where that came from. Uh, they have, spider I don't know. Pig, I don't even... Spider pig does whatever a spider pig does. <laughs> uh, when this band Havoc comes up on uh, some of my uh, musical, I got like a Pandora thing that it comes up on. A uh, box. They Yeah, when the magic rectangle <laughs> plays mu- music uh, and Havoc comes up, they frequently have had at least choruses, if not full-on verses, of very sort of liberty-sounding things. And I was like, i got to start putting them on this show. So uh, we listened to some Havoc. Uh, hopefully I can get around to playing them some more. Um, Pandora had a very pretty box. It is funny that you put Pandora on the box for music. It is meta. Mm. Yeah, because it really is a Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. It really is. And music is definitely a treasure at the bottom. Uh, 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. It is uh, Captain Kickass. Nobody. And Peakless Mountaineer. Well, that, that took a little while to get that out of you, nobody. So nobody I figured I'd keep fast. the cadence. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Cadence. Captain <laughs> Caveman. And son. Isn't that Captain the, the like the the uh spin-off of Captain Caveman? Yep, yep. Captain In Caveman the and days. Son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh we were we've been uh talking uh cryptocurrency pretty heavy, and one of the things that I I'm really curious about is which order is going to do what with uh, acceptance and uh, promotion. What do you mean? So, so like, on on pretty far on one side of the scale, uh, you've got El Salvador that's given it official government sanction. Yeah, that's now, unfortunate. Now, that is what it is. They are a bunch of murderers. But uh, that's definitely highly supportive. Now, mm. it's El Salvador, so not a huge amount of money going on there. So it is interesting, one of the things that just happened, uh, it looks like China is kind of giving Hong Kong the go-ahead. Uh, we promise to mostly ignore your crypto crimes. Hong Kong? Yeah. Just Hong Kong? Yeah, just Hong Kong. That's one state, two sim- uh, two si- not two symptoms. Wow, that was nice and Freudian. Well, you say seems to. Does that mean two they, systems, they, yeah. they do or they seem to like they're going to? They've uh, they've given uh, the green light to some amount of. Uh, I've got I've got an article on the subject. As a matter of fact. Oh, I thought you were able to speak off the cuff. Oh, mm. well, so, so that's the thing. Do it they're a bureaucracy, style, and an officious bureaucracy at that. So basically, getting them to ignore you is kind of the best you can hope out of the communist party. They're never going to admit that they're not regulating crypto. Come on, that'd be insane. They're communists. They're not allowed to not regulate things. What, and expose the public to that sort of a risk? They don't allow themselves to not regulate everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So they can't officially not regulate it, but it looks like they've basically given as much of a green light to Hong Kong specifically as they can. 
Better than giving it to King Kong, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Which is wild because, like, I thought they had completely abandoned the very obvious, like, you morons. You are concerned about the people who are wielding the world's reserve currency, and you're not going to use the thing that eats reserve currencies. Mm. I wish the the vacuum cleaner effect would speed the fuck up. I really do. But, like... Vacuum cleaners suck. They well, really do. I, but And what I mean by that is I, I, I wish that cryptocurrency would be... Uh, faster or increase their capacity to suck up the value of state currency. Uh, It can only go at the one speed that it goes. So, for example, BlackRock said, we want to invest this much in Bitcoin. And, I mean, not that you could technically do it, but that's literally more than Bitcoin was worth. All of it. Now, it it wouldn't happen that way if you tried to buy it all. You'd drive the price up ridiculously high. But... That's why it literally can't go at a different speed than the one that it's going. It's monetizing from zero. That happens in one way and one way only. Now, yeah, I get why you're pissed. Because every time that this massive flood of corporate dough goes in, it shoots it way beyond what it is actually worth at that point because it is monetizing at a pretty predictable rate. It shoots it way up and then it crashes, which slows down the entire process. Which is why they do that. They can't help it. They're trying to literally monetize from zero. That's the only way that the financial system works is boom-bust cycles. So, yes, they're applying boom-bust cycle after boom-bust cycle to Bitcoin. I like bust. Well, Oh, sorry. We're talking about crypto. uh, Bust is not so much fun in crypto. And we're kind of uh, in in some amount of bust now. Uh, Weirdly enough, it actually got below a previous peak for the very first time. Which should tell you something about how it's going so far. I, it's weird that Peakless is talking about a peak. Yeah. Mm. I, that's weird to me. Well, and that's the thing. This is Peakless. And I mean Imagineer. the cryptocurrency. Oh. Yeah. The it, The whole point is it's going to go beyond dollars. I. The battle right now, at least in, I'm going to call it, anything that resembles the ability to use it daily, is, of course, the ability to get from the state-based currency to the cryptocurrency without uh, or with privacy intact mm. that's the big challenge right what now. do you mean intact did, did you have some privacy before you started moving well you get a certain amount of privacy by having uh cash in your in your wallet yeah i, I fbi here's here's the market demand or uh, <clears throat> Screw the market. Here's my demand, the kick, the captain's demand, or the thing that I need most to happen. I need to be able to exchange. I don't really need this, but I want to be able to exchange uh, USD for cryptocurrency uh, without telling, uh, filling out extra forms or KYC shit or anything like that. I want to just be able to exchange it freely. Uh, in an online marketplace because that's where all the safety is because I don't have to go to like a place where a bunch of people are and exchanging valuable things or like I mean people will bring weapons to those types of places right mm-hmm. so I want the same sort of security that they brought the Silk more Road I want the same sort of security that the Silk Road brought to drug dealing but I want that brought to my ability to exchange USD for crypto mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well I would I mean the most obvious system from my point of view and I've 
Um, I've heard people discuss discussing things that that resemble it. Yeah. But basically, um, you know, trades are most are most efficient when you're entering into the, into the trade uh, because you want to because it fits right. Uh, it fits your beliefs, but there's always uh, two people on on every side of uh, of of every issue, and for every person who wants to go from cryptos to dollars, there's somebody who wants to go from dollars to crypto. Now, of course, the problem is if you do too much of that, the feds will come and put you in fucking prison. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, and that that's problematical because. Ain't nobody get time for that. Well, um, and, well, as a matter of fact, nobody did get time for that. Uh, yeah, nobody did. But the nobody uh, did time for that. But yep. the um, so, so the best thing to do, I think, is is eventually going to have a, a way to hang offers out there. Yeah. That basically say, you know, I've got this. Uh, you know, let's let's just pretend. You know, it's uh, it's I've got USDT and and I've got BTC. Um, so one re- one's a representation of dollars, the other's a, a, a representation of Bitcoin. Now, sometimes you have to have USD. Like right. if you're buying oil on the world market and don't want to get murdered by the by right. the U.S. military. Um, so the uh, and sometimes you have to have USD because the government will accept payment for taxes and nothing else. And if you don't, if you don't pay the taxes, they'll come and steal your house. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I I get that. But what know, I'm saying is, there doesn't seem to be uh, a nice, easy way for that to be done anymore. Uh, well, basically, what you need well, to be so able here's to do what, is here's just what's going to hang is... something up and say which way you want to go, and then if if you want to spend Bitcoin and he wants USDT for yeah. whatever yeah. reason, and and I want to move my holdings in that direction, then I just hang out a shingle and say, hey, well, you're sending money to to whoever. Uh, if you want to, if he wants a different currency, uh, if you then you want to get out of, then send it to somebody who has one and wants the other, and can facilitate that trade. So both sides of it get the currency that they want. Yeah, I get the basics of trading. Yeah. Thing is, they are making that as difficult and as illegal as possible. The SEC has just like mm-hmm. gorged itself. Yeah, on every power. day I read about some new cryptocurrency company that oh SEC, oh FBI, oh the fucking whoever, you know, yeah. uh, looking at these guys. Oh, they're gonna, you know, and it's like they're competing with big tech. They're competing with YouTube. Yeah, yeah. right, right. They're competing with our cronies who have bribed us. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and the SEC uh, has actually flexed the fact that, yes, literally everything counts as a security. Though it has value. Value is expected to grow or ever change. We control the value, not you, (laughs) is what they're saying. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's precisely Their view is that they own the fucking world, including Mm -hmm. all of the fucking people. Right. So they're just wielding this as a weapon to what they think is the least likely to obey them slavishly. And that's actually the fun part. 
that's the least effective target. For them. Like the more decentralized you are, the less effective it is at targeting you. And that's the thing that most annoys it. So when it can actually be effective, careful, you don't want to knock over Ethereum. That was very expensive to buy. It's a thoroughly bought and sold currency like that one is fully compromised. And it was very expensive. Well, and I they mean, don't want to break they... it while they're destroying everything with mm-hmm. their uh, regulations. And if they're not careful, they'll accidentally break it. Because it can only target centralized accidentally? systems. Like, regulation only targets effectively central centralized systems. You can't mm. swat at gnats very right. well. Right, yeah. But yeah. you can hit the broad side of a barn pretty easily. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a fact. So that's well, what regulation ends up doing in terms of enforcement. Is the, the more decentralized any of it is, the more it's trying to swat at gnats, and the more centralized it is, which are usually the ones who said, please, master, don't destroy me. You own me. I'll do everything you tell me. And those are the ones that are most likely to get destroyed the more they regulate these Why things. Why is that guy Irish? Hmm? Why is that guy Irish? I, I, was, I was failing at a childish voice. While trying to make fun of it at the oh, same time. Well. Anyway, you were saying? Was I? I don't know. Were you? <laughs> Something I'll happened. I bet here. you were. You right. tend to. So uh, the, the most bootlicking and centralized are pretty much always the same thing. Like that, that Venn diagram is almost a, a circle. So those are the ones that are most easily targeted by the ones whose boot they're licking. The yeah. ones who are least bootlicking. Who are most decentralized? Who are yeah. most fuck you, China? You gave me way too cheap of uh, of uh, damn powered electricity here. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Or whatever, like all of the little gnats everywhere. Okay, great. You shut down one guy over here. Do you? But they're all over. Yeah. And that's what happens when it is effective at decentralizing. So whichever technology most effectively decentralizes in that moment is what has the primary advantage against these enforcement monopolies. So they're literally the uh, the um, natural selection mm, yeah. of this currency. I, because uh, what you can't swat is what you can't swat, yeah. which means that's where it worked. I just love the the diversity of coins that exists the the number of them you know the different things if you go read their white papers or whatever that they're they're like well ours is different because of this or our you know ours does this or ours is intended to blah 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 whatever it is they're all over the place you're like well, I, I don't even know what that means like i read this stuff and i go ah, you know like it's a little yeah. above me and above my pay grade and that's always going to be that way like, how much it's worth, that's going to vacillate all over the place. It's a market. That's what they do. Sometimes this is valuable to people. Sometimes this is valuable to people. Sometimes mm-hmm. these people say, hey, we got this cool thing. And you're like, I want to do part of that. Sometimes that's not happening. But it's always going to be there. The nature of the technology, anything that's close enough is going to be easy enough to switch over to whichever we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Not only the diversity, but the competition, too. Yeah. The the competition is built into the technology. It is unremovable. And, and I also like the idea of shared advancements, right? Yeah. Industry standard, right? Uh, that, that creates itself, right? Standard that creates itself. Uh, new feature is sufficiently game-changing 
that we decide to share it with with other chains because we need to interact with other chains in order to use this feature, right? That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that that we'll see a day where that exists, where a new feature is developed and it it just permeates through cooperative and voluntary interaction, right? Because they want to maintain a standard amongst you know all of the coins, all of the transactions, all of the speeds and the block sizes and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There will be developed that kind of stuff naturally within the marketplace and like a fine tuned machine, the likes of which humanity has never seen, or at least since like uh, the early internet days, right? I think is the closest thing that I can come to uh, how excited I am about cryptocurrency is before the internet, well, there wasn't. And then the internet showed up and like changed life at a fundamental level. <laughs> right. And so that's how I feel about cryptocurrency. Here's this next invention, the next internet, if you will, mm-hmm. the next television, the next radio, the next telegraph. Right? You yeah, keep and, going back. And everyone's telephone, flipping whatever. out when like, oh, no, this exchange went down. And yeah. oh, no, these these coins went down. We were really invested in these coins. And it's like, um, duh, what did you think was going to happen? We could talk more about well, that. Well, they thought they were going to go up. That's why they put their money in. <laughs> well, it, yeah. Uh, we could talk more about that. Let's go to the phones, though. We uh, Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Hey, it's Rob from Vermont calling, bud. Rob in Vermont. What's going Rob. on? Rob. How want... you guys doing? We're good. Do you want to say right. this? You don't have to, but do you want to say the seven words? Oh, yeah. Go we ahead. should do that. That's the the Beard Talk Live preamble, right? No, it's it's just you, <laughs> the though. preamble. I like that. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think that that's what it should be called, the... Beard Talk Live preamble. It's it's more of just the amble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, all right. So we remain ready? ambulatory. Uh, oh, it's just you, Rob. You're Shit solo. Fish, tongue, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Uh, I think you forgot fuck. Yeah. Try okay, again. Well, fuck. Try, try it again. <laughs> there, we oh, there it is. There you got it. Fish, tongue, fuck, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. There, there we go. go. All right. Well done, Rob. There we go. Oh. All right. Forbid so, me to say something, will ya? You've earned a special <laughs> badge that's completely invisible that nobody will ever see. There you go. I see it all, all the right. time. So, so weird, uh, weird quick thought, okay, though. Well, Badges do look like beards. Uh, I know, right? How fucked up is that? Uh, not the not the old-timey uh, Western sheriff ones. Yeah, with with like the, the, the like no, swoopy, swoopy mustache. They mush, look like the, uh, the right-side-up and... Slayer pentagram. Oh, not the pentagram ones. <laughs> <laughs> Or hexa, whatever octa, whatever, hepta. The amazing thing is for for their size, it's like there's no safer place to hide after you've murdered somebody than behind a badge. That's a fact. Uh, <laughs> Rob, what's on your mind? All right. So uh, before uh, I get into what I want, why I called, uh, I sent peakless. And Pope Nobody, a link to a company called Smart Finance. Hmm. And uh, wow. <laughs> uh, are they the sister company to Space could, Finance? If, if I could uh, ask to plug this company a little bit, uh, it's a multi chain decentralized exchange. But I sent you the links, and uh, if you have any questions, you know, uh, these guys would be happy to speak with you. 
but that's not why I called. All right, I, like I, call. I do love a, a good decentralized exchange, so okay. I love having so, a market for those. All right, so uh, I was doing some research. I, 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 you, Picos was talking last week on Free Talk Live about this new bot that came out. Uh, Microsoft bot. You know, you can ask the questions and chat GPT. Yep. Yes. And I, 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 I had to try this out. You know, but I didn't go ahead with that bot. I went and I did a different one. And the way this is laid out in this one here is there's like about 25 or 30 different categories, you know, like sales and, and retail and travel and construction sure. and agriculture and all that kind of stuff. And you can, you can ask it these questions and it'll give you the answers. And one of the icons uh, on here said, hang, hang on, it'll give you an answer, that's for sure. Yeah, hang on. What, what you're describing is what something uh, that's been portrayed in science fiction since, well, I can remember science fiction, and that is the, the orb. <laughs> the right? orb. The orb, the all, the oracle, if you will, mm. right? the all-knowing Well, seeing, the orb is always uh, right, uh, Yeah, which yeah. is not the case with our, uh, with our electronic friends yet. No. All right, go ahead, Rob. Right. So, so anyways, you know, I had asked, I, I went into the legal part of the section in here. It's, it's the one that I picked, and, and I asked it. I said, if I ask you a question, will you tell me the truth? You know, and of course, it answered yes, and it wouldn't lie, and that would be honest with me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the question that I had asked was, uh, how often does... Uh, misprison of felony happen across the United States yearly. Nice. And so uh, the que the answer I got back was, uh, according to the Bureau of Justice of Statistics, if you believe them, uh, there were on average of eleven thousand misprison of felony cases. Uh, filed in the U.S. County Attorney's Office in 2017, the most recent year for which data is available. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and if you don't know what misprison of felony is, it's when the county attorney looks at a previous case and then they read through it and they see all of the nefarious thing that the previous attorney had done and they say, well, ain't nothing here to see. We'll just move on, and then we'll make up our own story, you know? Or just don't say nothing at all, you know, which is like, well, it's being a silent cooperator. Hmm. So it's a particular and, kind of fraud. Well, it is. It's fraud. It's treason. Uh, it's, I mean, you could be charged with a death penalty with this. Hmm. I mean, the state finds a way, right? The state I mean, finds a way. I'd, I'd settle for tar and feathering that wasn't lethal. Make yeah. tax collector birds again. You know, and uh, <laughs> as I re researched this a little bit more, right. uh, that law, that particular law was introduced in 1803. 
So I'm wondering why it does, you know, why it doesn't make as much noise as what it should, considering the fact of how many fucking people go away each year for being wrongfully convicted. I mean, just check the, the statistics on uh, the Innocence Project. Yeah. You know, all those black people that uh, were fucking railroaded by the system. The system hates you all. Yeah. The system is, uh, you know, it's not uh, discriminatory, really. Well, politician lives matter to them. Look how upset they got about January 6th. Well, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. started, uh, like, I could be wrong here, but as I recall, he was getting into economics when he was assassinated. Mm -hmm. And and that was always the useful thing about him. So uh, like a certain uh, brand of Christian tends to be, he was a communist. Like, there is all this bounty of earth. Why are we not sharing it like brothers? Fair enough. I mean, sharing it like brothers doesn't generally involve you sticking a fucking gun in my face and telling me that I'm going to use it to murder people. Yeah. Somebody Uh handed him economics in one minute and went, oh, fuck, you gave him what? Well, I mean, guys running around the country and (laughs) turns out the poorest people in the country are white people in Appalachia. It's like, no, no, this, this actually doesn't know a race. It's destroying everyone who's poor now what you should be pissed off at is how you were made to be poor like you what you should be spreading through your community is hey we used to have this thing called black wall street Mm -hmm. rosewood we used to have our own trusted economies Mm -hmm. that were our communities we used to have these until they were intentionally destroyed by the united states federal government yeah and, uh, you know, Frederick Douglass said something about that. He said, when, when poverty is enforced and uh, when any group is, I'm, I'm abbreviating this a little bit. I don't, have all, I don't have the words in front of me. And we don't have all night. When, <laughs> when any person or group of people is made to feel that a society that the society they live in is an organized conspiracy to impoverish, uh, enslave, and degrade him, that no man's life, liberty, or property will be safe. And, uh, and, that, and that's, what ha- that's what's happened, you know? And, uh, on the head, man. Like, you know, know, on the head. The, the masters want, want to keep, you know, the slaves fighting amongst themselves. You know, but but the reality is the only way we defeat them is to is to fight together, you know. Yeah. And the way that we fight together is we starve them. I mean, we have all of the productive power. Like, yeah, that's why they've put all of these manacles on us is so that they could harness our productive and creative powers. Right, so let's just use those productive and creative powers in the life direction that is, like, fair and open and completely visible. Yeah, Yeah, nothing good is done in the darkness intentionally. Here's where the light is. You can shine a light on the entire chain of everything. Yeah. When you have an overbearing government, everything is is done in the darkness because it has to be. Right. Rob? And... uh, 
Rob? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I mean, I'm just, it's just shocking to see those, you know, those kind of numbers. And, and you know, look at the, uh, the fucking waste. It, it, I mean, never let's mind the money, the waste of fucking human life. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I don't know how much more I can say about, you know, the number of people imprisoned, uh, the amount of death, demicide, uh, is something that folks need I mean, to look into uh, if you need any uh, evidence at all about how evil uh, the organization uh, is, uh, then you need look no further than Democide. But if you need more so, evidence, it exists. So There's a big fat elephant I was going to discuss with you on, on going, going along those lines, but uh, he died well, suddenly. So here's my favorite form of democide uh, in the world today. Like, holy shit, give the devil its due. Uh, the Bank of International Settlement and the World Bank. So those two together control every international loan in the world, oh, more or less. Right, I got you. Like, right. they are the big money bags on that. And every time they do... So, number one, they're just extracting an income from these countries because the, these countries have corrupt leaders. Oh, wow. You mean leaders become corrupt when you have politicians mm. leading you? Yeah. Shocker. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So they make Kinda what's sounds called... sounds like uh, what's going on with Zelensky. Yeah. So they make... Yes, exactly. And so all of these countries make... Oh, yeah, man. Ukraine's like the most corrupt. Uh, but so all of these countries make these structural adjustments, as they call them. So yeah, basically change your entire way of your society working. Oh, you've you've farmed this way for ever. Yeah. Uh, don't do that anymore. Farm this way instead. Okay. Oh, does that destroy entire like crops of like? Oh, you've completely altered the landmass so that none of this is useful for anything anymore. But here are your shrimp. Hmm. Rob. Bronze. Yeah. That's yeah, just. It's a sad state of affairs, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, and the only way this can be called out is, <clears throat> you know, that the public has to, you know, they have to be more informed, you know, because the media is not going to share this. Mm -hmm. with well, them. that's where we're in luck, though. I mean, the people are more informed now than they have ever been. Like, they are abandoning corporate media in droves. Fucking hope it continues. Like, the only people who watch CNN are old and dying. That's that's basically how it is. Like yeah. even the even the young lefties don't really watch CNN. They like to hate watch Tucker Carlson because well sometimes he's on his <laughs> shit watch. and the rest of the time we could be like oh isn't he the worst oh my god he's so bad. I never want to hate watch like anything. okay you know who's really killing it fucking Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. oh yeah, Rogan's nailing it. Man. Yeah, yeah. That's who has like the ear of people yep. and is, and is considered a trusted source. International. Yeah, he would that's be your a, Walter Cronkite right, today. Yeah. yeah. Well, he mm. tells people the truth. He tells people you he's know, at least what... trying to figure it out with them instead right. of like feeding right. them what he wants them to believe. Right. Well, you can't expect that fucking WMUR is going to tell you the truth. Right. It's funny how he's like yeah. uh, Rogan kind of gives you the man on the street, but in a studio. Like, but that's the perspective that he kind of it well, feels like he brings. And that's the truth about yeah, reality. It's completely that. mysterious, and we're still figuring it out. So instead of like pretending that, we know uh, everything, like a government you does, that, that, uh, that WMUR would have brought up uh, 
the guy that was killed in the prison up in Berlin, you know, a couple of weeks back. But uh, the guy I'm was about that. fitness captain. The guy was in the prison system up there. He was doing a, a 60 to 120-year bid. Okay. He'd been convicted of child molestation, right? Yeah, yeah, so, that guy. But, but no, hear me out now, okay? The guy says, check my DNA, check my DNA. And so the Innocence Project contacted him. Love those guys. And they were already set up to go and have his DNA test done. And before he could go, they broke his fucking neck and came the skull in. Damn. Surprise. Yeah. But, I mean, so if the guy's innocent, you know, he died for nothing. Yeah. It was never even given a fucking chance. Welcome to the system. Yeah. Yeah. It hates you all. Yeah. It does. You know, it'll kill you all. I mean, those, it's like when I was talking about earlier, misprison of felony. You know, uh, if there was a murder involved in those cases and those files, those attorneys should be charged with murder. Yeah. Although, I mean, uh, attorney, uh, so uh, if we start talking about attorneys and what they can and can't do, then we have to recognize that, you know, they do what they do within the framework of the system, the second set of books that is mm-hmm. kept by and, and written by the government themselves. And so I don't really want to travel down that road. Well, the problem is that just like any kind of celebrity, uh, the the ones that matter to those powerful circles never get charged with anything or they never get more than a slap on the wrist. Mm. Whereas the ones that they want to take out, oh, every now and again they'll take out one of their own just to keep the rest in line. But it rarely happens because mostly you're you're bought and sold by the time you're an attorney. It's almost impossible to go through that mind wash otherwise. uh, All the shit that Judge Arnold caused. Mm. When FTX was... uh, Stealing billions, billions of dollars they were stealing. The FBI had my house staked out. Yeah. Yeah, no. Because we were selling a a little bit of Bitcoin. We disagreed with them. Because you're so dangerous, nobody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody loves nobody. I mean. And uh, bottom line is they're fucking political goon squad, nothing else. Yeah. And I still have my nobody campaign sign too. Nice. Yeah, I mean, the fact is that we have reached the point where everything is political, which is Mm -hmm. maximum corruption. When everything literally is just a fight for power, as it's described by the the nihilistic uh, among us. Mm -hmm. But it's optional. Hey, Rob, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate you. On on that, and I'm not going to do it because I can't I can't get it right. Mm. All um, right, well then don't. It's basically uh, <laughs> to paraphrase Anne Rand. It 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 says that you know their their complaint or their their plan is complete. You know when uh, the people who produce nothing mm. um, have to be paid for permission to produce. You Ooh. know. And nice. uh, we're there. Yeah. You know. Well, isn't that exactly what taxes are? Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, you can add extra steps, but it's basically just that. That yeah. sounds just like taxes with extra steps. Yeah. Taxes is, well, is what although, happens when plunder well, becomes the way of life. Well, give the devil his due. They are producers of murder, devastation. Uh, Poverty. Crimes against yeah, humanity. Abominable yeah. acts of all kinds. They're, they're, yeah. they're basically a hell factory. Yeah. So they do produce something. Yeah. Violence. They're they a proof do. of violence system. They are. We have proven that we have torched more babies than anybody else, and that's why we have access to every oil field we want. And that's why all of you spend dollars, regardless of what country you're in. Mm-hmm. Well, the buy oil, anyway. Yeah, exactly. But even that's changing now. <laughs> you cannot kill your way to prosperity. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I mean, they've done pretty well. Uh, well, taking a lot of hours. Yeah, you can kill yourself out of a prosperous world. Yeah. Okay, well, you gave us all the incentive in the world to make something that was anti-fragile. That's what boggles my mind. And specifically targeted at a, uh, at a mono culture of authority. The incentive to... Mm, uh, to move to a completely free market should be enough for regular people to go, oh, yeah, we should totally do that absolutely right away right now. It'd be nice. But I, I don't think that... Oh, I think that we proved that uh, 80% of people are not willing to live like that. They can't get over the fear. I think about how much well, more prosperous the planet and Earth the would investment. be. So, like... Number one, there's a tremendous investment to live in a better world because you have to, like, admit that you have to learn the world over again. And that's a huge energy investment. But that's exactly what's happening, and there is no way around it. Currency is being digitalized. Now you can either learn the new landscape that we now occupy, or you can have that landscape imposed upon you. Those are the options. Either own your wealth... And, you know, trade it with other people owning their wealth or be in a mono-hierarchical control structure. That's the world that is presented. And, hey, it seems to me that a significant enough percentage of us are learning this thing that is essentially viral in its uh, uh, structure, like figuratively speaking, like the the algorithm that it follows, it spreads just like any major technology in the waves that you were describing, like the internet, like the search engine. There yeah. are these technologies that spread in a very particular wave uh, that you could describe it as viral, like a viral video. Uh, and this is one of those technologies. Or a pop culture phenomenon. Right. Which is the original viral, right? Pop, pop culture actually is... The first, you know, quote, viral activity, unquote, outside of viruses. But also I think that it's indicative of brainwashing, right? That, you know, the advent of breakdancing mm. brought about, like, like the day I, the school I was in had a, a seminar on break, not a seminar. They It was like a Thursday or something. They're like, okay, everybody go to the gym. It was unusual for us to go to the gym at the last hour of the day on a Thursday, but we all went and they had they had hired some breakdancing troupe from the city and and you know they broke dance in front of us the past tense of breakdance uh, <laughs> and the next day 
all of the kids, 85% of all the kids were dressed in breakdance clothing. I don't know how they had time to go home, mm-hmm. beg their parents to take them shopping and or create some outfit out of clothing they already owned to like show up the next day. I was not one of these kids. I was poor. So the next day I showed up at school just like I would every other day in my, and but everybody's dressed as a fucking breakdancer now. Right, yeah. it was creepy. Oh yeah, it was fucking creepy, yeah. dude. I was like, we Holy worship this fuck, now, man. Yeah, like oh, everybody's really. Un- and so I got on the train and I bought some breakdancing <laughs> clothes eventually. But I had to get so the I cheap made ones. Sure that I, I caught to, that virus, you know. But then I was like, wait, why it am to I infect my mind so that I could also value this particular look? Yeah, no. Fads why am I are doing like, these things? Right? Fads are like a unit of value. So like, and with a unit of value comes a belief. Yeah. Like the belief, oh, the belief is this picture is of a good fashion. Okay, now we believe that. All right, that means that this changes your structure. You value this, you take these actions, you go out, you buy that clothes. Okay, now you are in their little bit of culture, which, yes, it's a little culty. Cult, But sure. that's kind of how value structures go because it's like, uh, it's kind of how loans work. Only in good, because every uh, every value has that as the other side of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are, we'll call them fads now, that happen on a global scale at the speed of instant, right? Like, it is so fucking fast, right? The, the next thing, if it's a, I don't know, pair of sunglasses, if it's, you know, some, you know, coat that everybody wants, parachute, I don't know, something, right? But, like, that shit spreads now. Mm-hmm. Fucking faster than oh, yeah. it ever has, mm-hmm. right? At and the speed of one TikTok. Like, to some extent, like humanity needs to be connected quickly to you know, disseminate information so everybody can make decisions about what to do, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so there's that part, but then there's also the like, are you taking information in uh, voluntarily of your own accord, or are you being fed? Information. I think it's important for humans to always to, to make a conscious effort to be in the I'm taking this information involuntarily. I'm not being fed. That appears to me to be the exact direction that we're headed just based on which media is being paid attention to. Yeah. Like, OK, what is the like simplest, most broadcasty? You can't really talk to them much thing. A newspaper. Well, that's gone. Yeah. OK, what's dying now? Yeah. Well, uh, CNN, Fox News, all of that, the, all the broadcasty stuff that isn't very communicate Yeah. Yep. I know people who are just now cutting the cord, if you will, uh, cable television. You know, they're stopping paying for that because they discovered that they can watch a bunch of shit online for free, right? I mean, dude, at this point, Amish people have smartphones. <laughs> That shit happened. I give shit. And there was no fuss made about it, and I feel a little bit gypped by that. I I give shit to anything with the prefix smart on it, right? Right. Uh, And also space, right? So, like, if there's a smartphone, there's going to be a space phone at some point. Yeah. So, so one of the big things that's happening now is that there's a familiarity and comfort with this set of uh, technology being at direct access to every single person on the planet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all the kids use the internet better than you. It's how it will always go. And here are the new things that are on the internet. Oh, you know, money. Value the structure of the world. Yeah. 
human action. That's now on the internet. Because human information was on the internet, but not action. Action was a gated uh, structure. We could only get there through these government-approved semi-commercial enterprises. Yeah. Uh, So I was talking about smart, putting that in front of a thing. Uh, putting the word space in front of thing just makes it sound cooler, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I've got a space saw, right? That just sounds cooler than I got a saw, <laughs> right? Uh, There's a meme that I mentioned on maybe last week's episode, maybe the week before. Smart meters, smart cars, smartphones, smart cities, smart homes. The word smart refers to self-monitoring analysis and reporting technology. A smart illusion of safety and convenience, but it's actually about tricking us into digital control and surveillance. Now, I read all that, telling you all of that, off of an Android phone, which is just <laughs> chock full of surveillance, right? Uh, but that's like the, uh, that's obviously probably not, like, that sounds like a conspiracy that SMART is actually an acronym developed by the masters to trick you. <laughs> okay, Maybe. But I think it's a more accurate description. Uh, there used to be a lot of hubbub going around about the chips. Right? Getting a chip in your arms so the government can try. Well, now we just carry one. Right. Right. It's yeah, we're the cyborgs. Magic, the magic no, no, rectangle. No. Think about this for just a second. Uh, all of these uh, girls on the internet yes. are a completely new organism. So a human female does not exist in more than one bedroom at, a, at the same time. Mm. That's just not a thing that that organism is capable of doing. Okay. All right. We now have this combination organism of technology and woman so that a single woman is capable of occupying thousands upon thousands of bedrooms, private areas, simultaneously. It's a completely new organism. Okay. It's a form of cyborg. And yeah, it's all connected to carrying around these... Miracle rectangles. Is that not a reflection of market? Yeah. Right? I mean, like, uh, the uh, hot girls as a commodity. Well, we're experiencing what it is like to have your entire core of social function gutted by raising children separate from each other in Government gulags. Does that make hot OnlyFans chicks uh, a commodity? Does the they SC- have commoditized? Is their, the SEC uh, going to come after hot OnlyFans girls well, for security violations? They've commoditized their security. Attention. Thank you. Uh, not commodity. Security. Does that make them a security? Oh. And will the SEC come after the hot OnlyFans girls if they feel like it and and try and demonetize them for you know violating some finance law? <laughs> Well, that depends on how politically inconvenient the e-thoughts can make it. E-thoughts. That just sounds like a, in a science fiction world, that sounds like an evil alien race coming right. back to like a night. The e-thoughts it are on should. their way, right? It <laughs> should. This is an unnatural ability. <laughs> and then everybody thought the e-thoughts were gone, but no. They, they reestablished themselves on another planet and came back 40 years later. And just when we invented e-thoughts, now there's going to be AI-based pseudo-e-thoughts. Why not? Uh, I-thoughts? A-I-E? Oh. AI-thoughts? Yeah. Uh, no, I can't. That's weird. 
E-I-E-I-O. Yeah. <laughs> Any hoozle. And on his farm, <laughs> he had some had nervous some breakdowns. <laughs> well, so one of the things to keep in mind with all of this, though, is that we've basically performed the ultimate judo move. So the military-industrial complex sent us this spy device okay. called the Internet. Yep. Like, they straight up developed it. Yeah. And they went, ooh, we could spy on everyone all of the time. Right, which they And do. then we know what information they're consuming. It'll be great. Yep. And it'll help us choke off their information consumption later on. Awesome. And we absolutely turned it around on them and went, oh, the reason you were able to build this toy is because you had this structure. Goodbye. Goodbye, structure that only produces debt for everyone forever. Shouldn't have given us that spy device now, should you? It's a, it's a bit of irony. Hmm. It's a bit of irony that the thing that will destroy bureaucracy was created by a thing incubated uh, by the bureaucracy's military. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still remains to be seen who wins. Well, okay. The the biggest threat to replace bureaucracy. Uh, it It's an inevitability. Look, certain technologies are too superior to not get adopted. Just and and fact. once you've uh, so it's 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 basically a viral load. Once you've reached a certain point, like it's critical mass and it will spread throughout the entire uh, edible region. Just the thing the the fact that a thing exists that has the potential to replace bureaucracy brings such joy. Yeah. Right? Like, ah. Yeah, all of those things that sucked and everyone hates. Yeah. Dude, even the people doing that hate it. Everybody says. Even though they're wielding power, they still hate doing it. Everybody says, if you get rid of government, what will replace it? Well, nothing. How about we all just interact voluntarily and do mm -hmm. it through an advanced communication system uh, that does it faster and better than anything that's ever been done before? Yeah. Like Ron Paul said, I mean, when they when they take out a cancer, they don't replace it with something. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't you don't take out most of the cancer, right? You don't right. take out eighty three percent of the cancer. You take out a hundred percent of the cancer. You don't leave Which, a little bit of cancer behind just in case you get invaded or something. Right? Like that doesn't make any sense. Which is why it's absurd for a minarchist to compare the state to cancer. Like, that sounds voluntarious to me. Like, yeah, okay, well, if you've realized that it's a disease, it's a cancer, and it is, yeah. what do we do with cancer? Well, we remove it entirely and make sure that it can't uh, survive and metastasize and move throughout the organism. Which, in interestingly enough, is exactly what Bitcoin is in the process of doing. <laughs> it's currently metastasizing throughout the organism that is the financial really system is. of the world. It's finding its way through the cracks, and it's... It's filling in all the places that uh, the the man-made systems can't do, the state-based systems can't mm -hmm. do. It's certainly uh, doing its best, and you see it all over the place, man. Yeah. It's it, it is kind of like what ordinals did to the blocks. So with the finance system, you've got this giant empty space, you know, where prosperity would be. <laughs> And, oh, well, if we just uh -huh. flip that on its head by doing this, then we can fill that space completely. Yeah. And it's way bigger than you. Like, way, way bigger than you. Uh, of course, it has to be. The the uh, prosperity that they are keeping from existing has to be much bigger than the force that's keeping it from existing. Because prosperity is an exponential function. 
When you develop a technology, that technology develops technologies, plural. Yeah. So every time they choke off a development that would help humankind, they choke up an entire tree of developments that would help humankind. Yeah. Yeah. But now we figured out how to actually like make a, a choice between which one of these people want to put their value in. And there's a free flow of them. They can turn this into that and that into this as much as that happens. Yeah. I was also thinking about recently, um, you know, something that a, a parent might have done previously, like teach their kid how to balance a checkbook because, you know, schools didn't fucking teach that shit. Um, that made us way too dangerous. Like uh, the equivalent of that today is what? Because like you teach your kid, to, they're not going to, they have checkbooks aren't. If you got a kid that's like three or something, like they're not going to need a checkbook, man. Maybe they will, but like it's, no, I don't think so. I think by the time they're, you know, 16, 18 and dealing with money, they're going to be like, what do I need a fucking bank account for? I got cryptocurrency. Right. You know? Bank. Oh, yeah. yeah, I do all of that. Yeah. Oh, I got it. No, I I bothered to spend the like 200 bucks or whatever to get some raspberry pies. Can you imagine? I just run the entire thing myself. I validate all of my interactions myself whenever I feel like it. And also other people's. Do you know how like it's uh, it's a meme for you to be in like a grocery store and the lady in front of you got a cart full of groceries and she's old and bitty and she shakes when she writes and she's got gray hair and glasses and she busts out the checkbook and it takes forever for her to check out because she's writing an actual physical check, right? Everybody knows that that's a stereotype, but it happens and that's why it's a stereotype, right? Mm-hmm. So w- <laughs> I'm imagining in my head that in the future, somebody's going to be at a grocery store and they're going to have their, you know, magic rectangle and they're just going to have their Bitcoin wallet or whatever, you know, queued up and like, you know, ring, 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 except ding, done, right? But the equivalent to somebody trying to get in and out of the grocery store with the phone and the crypto and all that is that somebody is in front of them with a cart full of groceries and they're paying cash, USD, slowing up the whole line because they got to like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to replace cash well, in the in the, in the the way that like people are like, oh my God, they want to like, no, zero cash. Well, no, I, I want to replace it with gold. If you want to use a terrestrial instrument, mm-hmm. you want to use a physical instrument. Gold right. backs are great. Physical gold, silver. Like you want to make small transactions. Th- those are perfect. Or yeah, you could a, just ding a, a phone. Coin. You know. Gold is a great coinage. Right. But USD, right? Imagine the guys like the old guy, right? Like who's trying to, you know, I don't know, figure out email, right? Somebody who doesn't know what email mm. is today, right? The old guy, like the equivalent of that in the future is going to be some guy trying to still well, use at some point old ass gonna... cash or you know write a check or something. Oh right? yeah, you no, know? That, it, it's going to be sad when people who are alive today are like, oh, you don't take dollars here anymore. Hang on, I gotta mm. move this over to my wallet. It's like, come right. on, old timer. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're ill-prepared for the moment, whereas everybody else is already ahead of the curve. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. Well, and that's the thing. It's it's a layered thing. How how much direct interaction do I have with uh, HTML? Like, none. I'm a user. I'm, I'm at a different layer. Yeah. Okay, right, which means you need to develop HTML before the, the layer that I'm interacting with. Yeah. Right. Just like all of that, the the user interface is going to come after we have the underlying layers. Like we we just finished. Like the spine is basically figured out. 
We've basically figured out what works for a spine. Now we're getting the rest of it on there. And then we'll put skin on, guys. Chill for a second. Yeah. And as soon as skin comes on, which is like eh, about 10 years or so, then everyone in the world goes, oh, well, that's really easy. I, I think it's going to move faster than that because the despite the fact that cryptocurrency markets you know bounce around up and down and, and that kind of a thing, development on cryptocurrencies uh, hasn't slowed in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and everything surrounding the industry also has not slowed in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it is moving at a breakneck pace. There is more competition in cryptocurrency industries and surrounding cryptocurrency than there ever has been. Uh, and so there's only one way to go when there's that much resource being, you know, thrown at a human resource being thrown at, I think, voluntarily, right, for, you know, the benefit of each other kind of a thing. Like the competition there is fierce right now. Mm -hmm. And well, and that's why even a tacit acceptance of uh, of cryptocurrency in China yeah. is, uh, I think, a huge like white pill. Okay, now if we can get the other two to agree that we don't blow up the world in this process, we can all be rich forever. Okay? Can we can we just all be rich forever? Uh, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to call in and join us. I want to ask, is it true that no matter what states do, governments uh, on planet Earth, no matter what they do, and banks too, States and banks, no matter what they do uh, to Bitcoin, as far as like trying to hack it or shut it down or, you know, stop it in some way, that it only strengthens Bitcoin. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, in the long run, yeah, because they have to, you know, they, they it's, in order to manipulate it, they're pumping money into it. Mm. So, yeah, they can't do that without making some of us rich. Yeah. And the thing is, in this process, they're killing off all of the parts of it that need to die. It's functioning as the the natural selection process, which means every every time you try to bullshit, this blows you up. Like they're actually functioning <laughs> as our immune system. Oh, this destroys you when you bullshit the market. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Like Sam Bankman Fried was really surprised because he thought this would work because it's exactly what they try in all of finance. Right. It's exactly what works perfectly in finance. I can't imagine why it didn't work in finance over here. Oh, because it's an actual market and you've never had market forces before. Yeah. Yeah. All of the bullshit is getting transferred. He was but the immune system is getting transferred too. So we will have a permanent record that, hey, remember when this bastard tried this with these things? Yeah. Yes, we do. We remember everything. Yeah. We are still putting a little bit of money into FTT right now. There's a continuous blockchain of events. We sure do remember. So we can not make those mistakes again. Well, this was a scam. This was a scam. It's it's like a, a virus blocker program. They, how does it how does it work? Well, we show you the viruses and say if you see this, it's a virus. Take but, it out. But that's what was said about you know like the book, right? Oh, we can write things down now, so we will mm. never forget. But like you can't store all the knowledge, you know, human knowledge in one. Oh, head. what you can do is way better than that. What you can do is store enough of what gets told repeatedly. To hold on to the repeated part, it's way more efficient. 
like the part that is most meaningful that like strikes a chord within us is the story that we keep telling. Hmm. So it's way better because that ends up in a whole bunch of books in different ways. So then, yeah, plenty of books get destroyed in the process, but that story keeps going on. Uh, that's kind of not the point I was getting at, but like, well, that's not Ma- really... mankind says that whatever the next thing that records stuff, right? Media, right? Oh, this will turn because now we'll be able to remember what happened. Like, uh, how? Mm, I guess how does cryptocurrency make sure it remembers? Right, because humans will forget. We learn from yeah. the past that people seldom learn from the past. We, the caller that we had a little while ago said, "Hey, I was reading this book for the second time." <laughs> right, because mm-hmm. like people forget. Well, because the value is based on having a complete record. The way that you uh, prove you mind this thing is that you say, "See, here's the entire record," because that's the lovely part about the fingerprint. So you, if a sequence, you go, see, I proved that I have the record, otherwise I couldn't give you its fingerprint. So, okay, you do in fact have the record, you checked the entire record of events, and you proved that you did the extra work. So a sequence of events is attempted and fails, uh, and the, the, the blockchain stores that as an event, and when those events are attempted again, it says, nope. So, it... it Am I oversimplifying? It basically gives you two o'clock and all's well. Two ten and all's well. Like okay. it just keeps verifying. It gives you a check. And every single transaction so just the is fact linked that it's, to a verification. Just the fact that it's a that yeah. it's still active is, right. is proof of it. Right. Which means that you still have the entire history. So if we need to look through it, well, we just go to the people mining. They have right. to keep a node. You have to keep a node on fire to, on file to prove that you have the node to mine the damn coin. So they always do have an updated log of this thing. Yeah. So we can prove every scam that's ever been done with it and avoid them like uh, like an immune system. Yeah. Here's what a virus looks like when you see it attack it at every scam. And of course, they're going to try every scam. They've been, you know... Snorting coke off the hooker's ass for the last 40 years. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to do the <laughs> same shit. I, I think they'd be dead if they were actually doing that for 40 years. <laughs> it's 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 been a priesthood. Okay. All right. Like, they, they pass it on to generation after generation. <laughs> you know? Coke-fueled stockholder clerk, clerical order. I don't know. But they do. And so they try the same tricks that their masters taught them. Yeah. In this new space. And of course, they're all scams. So some people get scammed, and then it breaks, and then we have a permanent record of this was a scam. So we are literally cleaning out every scam in the current financial system. You know, doing the things that it promised it was doing. What do you think of, because I was thinking about this uh, recently, uh, there are... Currently, at least uh, within most cryptocurrencies, if not all of them, uh, a thing where there are lost Satoshis, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, somebody was an early miner. They, you know, left a, a computer, you know, they gave it away or something or it got thrown into a, a landfill. Nobody knows where yeah, it is. Not your keys, not your coins. Uh, right. And so those are just gone. Or somebody had some crypto, put it on a on a, one of these uh, offline drives, you know, these thumb drive looking uh, Or just send it to the wrong damn address. Or to, yeah, or just send it to the wrong damn. Like, 
there are lost Satoshis that mm-hmm. exist. Yeah. Uh, was that taken into account during the design? And do you think that I, I've heard people talk about like implementing a way to like recover that? Like if this set of events happens, then we know that those are, you know, lost and like we can recycle them back into the system or, you know, uh, pay that into would the split the blockchain. Would it? Mm-hmm. You'd have to sell that is basically how it works. Now, some people would be interested. A lot of people wouldn't because one of the so it might be an overcorrection that it is literally by definition partially deflationary. Right. right. Like the money supply deflates. Yeah. Like that might be an overcorrection. Only time will tell. It is way too soon to find out. But we do know that it's the correct direction. Is it too far? Well, the only way to test is to actually take the first step in that direction, at least, and see where we are from there. Hmm. So, yeah, maybe having a deflationary currency is actually too much. If so, then uh, Monero has a, a beautiful future ahead of it. I mean, it figures that once people identify that a thing has value, much to the chagrin of all the early people who were like, cryptocurrency? Magic fucking internet money? You gotta be fucking like that. That'll never have any value. No, well, okay, people recognize now that it has value. And as such, now, humans aren't, when they're properly motivated, uh, they don't leave a stone unturned. And so, of course, it makes sense that somebody's gonna go, hey, wait a minute, what about all these lost fragments of, of cryptocurrency that, you know, fractions of a transaction fee or, you know, that kind of thing. What happens to all that crap? And because this thing has value, how do we get at that? <laughs> right? It makes total sense from a human perspective because that's how humans operate. They operate on so, incentives. Here's the fun part about that. It's a greed trap. It is. Yeah. yeah. Attempting to uh, find the lost Satoshis uh, of Satoshi Nakamoto, for example. Yeah is a fool's errand by definition. I mean, it's not technically impossible, but the heat death of the universe will occur before that occurs. Now, you can make a side agreement where we just pretend that didn't happen, but good luck convincing anyone to agree to that in any serious way. Because the whole thing we love about this is that we know the entire history of it. Raiders of the Lost Satoshis. (laughs) I just had this like Indiana Jones thing going on in my head. So people are like traveling down a blockchain trying to get at it. Yeah. So if we find out that uh, that that we don't want to inflate the currency, well, then we'll go back to the market of all of these things that are like Bitcoin. Now, personally, I think that we're going to love deflating the currency because it ever so slightly privileges the people that need the most privilege. Because here's the thing. The slowest thing to move in uh, in the market is wage prices. Like renegotiating how much you're going to get paid when you go to work. Yeah. You can't do that like every day. It's a pain in the ass. Right. So it's a really slow thing to move. Usually it's a pain in the ass to renegotiate with your boss how much this is worth. Right. Now, if he has to renegotiate with you, that's a lot more fun. So instead of being the the last one to get, uh, you know, at the teat, the the people actually doing the work the are the first ones. Yeah, they are the first ones to get to it. Right. 
yeah, okay, honestly, that might be a little too communist. We'll find out. Well, I, I, like... Like, it literally privileges the workers. Look, communist systems will exist in a, in a voluntary society. They just will, right? Some things, like some, uh, like a production module, right? A factory, right? It's going to have a communist system uh, it, just by nature of the production, unless it's completely robots, right? But even then, the robots are subjected to communism, right? Because the community, they're programmed to do a thing, and the community acts in the interest of the community. Right? Well, the, the robots, robots I say, would be definitionally communism. Yeah. You you are the central product producer and distributor <laughs> and and you own the means of production exactly right? you are the means of production otherwise they wouldn't be robots you know that's a word that means slave yeah which no i think that's use the right word like there are things that these are mechanical they do exactly what you tell them they're okay they're robots we like to use the slavic word for slave ha ha okay <laughs> robots so when i talk about robots i mean things that you you give it the orders, it does the orders. You know, uh, smart contracts are robots. They are, yeah. They're not smart and they're not contracts. Right. Yeah. Well, they can be contracts. They're dumb programs. <laughs> Basically. They are. They, you give them a set of instructions, their job is to carry out that set of instructions. Yep. That's it. Yep. They're dumb programs. Yep. Which is great because it performs the function of most of our contracts. Turns out just programizing our contracts is way more hey, efficient. Has that made dead man switches more uh, effective and efficient? Oh, yeah. Pick your oracle. So that's the tricky part. You've got to decide, okay, this is the officiator of when I'm dead. Okay. That's uh, It's called an oracle is where the blockchain meets real world reality. And so that's you where you reintroduce trust, because the cool thing about Bitcoin is it's trustless. I don't have to trust anybody, yeah. and I know that it's going to work. But an oracle I have to trust, right. because there's an incentive to lie to me at that point. Right. But there's a lot of you know reasonable places to trust. Like, okay, I know this is where uh, my eulogy is like to be likely to be given. So if it shows up there, go ahead and and do it. Right. If this, then that. And if it is a mistake, I'll still be alive to correct it. If my obituary, and I'll have sent it to where I love. Yeah, so. if my obituary is published uh, on this particular funeral home's website. Right. Like you buy your funeral shit in advance, right? One of these packages. Yeah, you, you exactly. Take, you know, so that you're, you don't burden your family with that shit. You buy one of these things and then like, hey, if my obit shows up on this website, trigger these events. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that could be compromised if you let anybody know about it. And, and that's uh, that's the tricky part about oracles. You have to decide where your trust lies. Mm. What do you believe is the most stable? And, uh, and you can sort of cover up for some of these. Like, if my obituary shows up here or here or both. So, you know, have a, a, a dead man to your dead man. Like, yeah, make sure that you will be announced on your Facebook page by your son or whatever. As a backup to, I also expect it to be in this paper. Like, here are the places I expect it to be. If it's any of these, go ahead and just transfer this money. And like I said, if it's a mistake, you will have transferred the money to where you want it to be. Yeah. Which is where you really trust anyway. And you'll be alive to fix it. So, boom, that's an entire job that doesn't need to be done by humans. If you can trust anything to be accurate ever, then you can just program it 
and no one needs to consult an almighty government. Am I allowed to make this registry record? Right. No, we just, it's right, it's right, right over yeah, there. That's, that's my problem with the way it's done now. Like, there is, I don't want to say that centralized bureaucracy, you know, didn't have a purpose. It did. It totally did. There was a time in humanity's life mm-hmm. that it needed centralized bureaucracy. Absolutely. It needed a place to keep record, library, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. In the same way that, um, you know, in 1985, I used to have to own a room full of equipment that is now contained in this slim phone, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the other technologies are going to be replaced with new technologies. Right. We're seeing that with money mm-hmm. in the cryptocurrency world. Mm-hmm. And so it stands to reason that all of the things that used to have to be managed no longer need to be. Not by human hands, no. Yeah. Yeah. We we have gained an unbelievable leap forward in our ability to outsource the pain in the ass yeah. to circuitry. Yeah, and like uh, you know, throw the uh throw the currency bit away, right? Just for the sake of this argument, right? Okay. Or this this talk right here, this section. Oh yeah, there's throw there's also the half window. a dozen other uh like almost as equally impressive but they get outshined by this thing. But there are also these extraordinary revolutions in the way that people exist and think and uh, absorb information. The fact that we've entered the time where you search for information instead of it hunting you down. Mm-hmm. That has literally not been true throughout human civilization. Yeah, I remember there it was used to be. There was a fucking town crier before the radio, before the television. It's always been broadcast. It used to be if you were in a, a bar somewhere and you were like, gosh, I wonder like uh, what year Brett Favre started playing football. Some guy would be like, 1992 or whatever, right? That. Some guy. And you'd just have to believe him. <laughs> you know, right? You're you right. didn't have this, you know, glowing <laughs> tr- rectangle. That you could like, oh, I wonder In what my was, grandfather's you know? time there was no and fact that verification. Guy, and if that guy was fucking wrong, you just <laughs> went around telling people wrong shit. Right. Right. You were just like, a guy at the bar told me it was this year. And like, you would believe that. And then you would spread that falseness to everyone else as well. Because you just had believed this random guy at a bar until maybe you saw something on a television or read in a magazine or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, that, you know, you were wrong. Yeah. You would just go on believing. You had to just, oh. Yeah. Or if nobody knew the answer, you had to just wonder. Yeah. You couldn't just Or, like, or worse question. yet, worse yet you had to consult someone who was in authority over such things. Oh, we will all have one source of all of our information. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what a great idea that is. No, that's the whole thing is... We have a verification system that has never existed in human civilization before. We can just ask everyone simultaneously. And we will get the rightish answer. It is way easier to tell us the right answer than to tell us the wrong answer. Sometimes you will get the wrong answer. And then you will figure out the right answer. So uh, I know that you have have watched, uh, both of you have seen Star Trek, right? Star Wars, that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, in, in Star Trek, uh, I think in all of them, but uh, more so in like the next generation on forward, they, they interacted with this invisible computer aboard the ship. Mm-hmm. They, and they would say, mm-hmm. computer, 
blah, 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 blah. And the computer would reply or say, yeah, it's done oh, yeah. Or, or whatever it is, right? Downright magical. So what Literally if... Literally created life on a couple of occasions. Like sentient life, no less, in the holodeck. What if that's what chat GPT is or things like these these AIs? What if it's just the voice interface between mm. all things networking, cryptocurrency, information, right, transactions, right? What if that all it is is just the voice interface, the the VI, mm. right? Not the UI, mm. right? But the VI. Maybe it is the UI or the UVI, right? The user voice interface, right? Mm. Because you can ask it questions, you can put it in voice mode. Yeah, you can give it a voice, and it will it will read shit back to you in a voice. Yeah, mm. and if we know anything about the, uh, which is fucking amazing, by right. the way, that like, oh, now we've entered the time when you can just ask the computer a question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you could just say computer, and like it it started with like, and sometimes the answer you get is correct. Yeah. Right now, uh, it's. Like Alexa. I can literally and, uh, talk to a set of rocks and it will tell me facts about the world. <laughs> In caveman speak, yeah. Right. Echo. It's what it is. Like, this is a bunch of rocks. I, 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 I had someone apply fire to them in just the right way. Hibbledy bibbledy. <laughs> I talk to them and they tell me facts about the world. Hibbledy That's a thing bibbledy. now. That's the world that we live in. I think hibbledy bibbledy has to be our vocabulary <laughs> word of the day. Uh, I, just can't, I can't let that one slide. Hibbledy bibbledy. Hmm. I mean, how much, how much do you know about the process of making microchips and putting them all together into a circuit board? I really don't want to explain the process. That, it's really complicated. All I know about hmm. that is that there used to be a big processor, and then they made another one the same size, and then they took those two processors to go ahead and make one half of their size. And then they made a few more of those, and they used all of those processors to make more processors half their size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's how technology works, and it's how thoughts work, is that we make tools to uh, use tools. So, like, uh, your, your words especially are tools to wrap around phenomena in reality. Okay. And you use those tools to make other tools. Okay, now I can be more articulate and talk about a more specific part of the phenomena of reality. Oh, you want to build a house, but first you should use that hammer, nails, and saw to build yourself a couple of, well, sawhorses. So you can easier and more efficiently build the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Build a tool to do the job to, yeah. It's hard to get a real horse to stand still. Yeah. Especially two of them, so you can cut a board. Mm. Yeah, it's refinement through repetition. Yeah. Yeah, it's how language works. It's how uh, technology works. Now, like uh, Alexa and uh, what's the other one? I'm forgetting Siri. Siri, yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't like those bitches. No, I don't like those bitches um, neither. Uh, the the Google one on Creep, Google Maps? Creepy spies that work for some of my least favorite quasi-government agencies. I call I call the voice on Google Maps Karen. Um, I cuss at her a lot. <laughs> uh, because I don't like to cuss, particularly at women. But uh, because, you know, I just I don't do it to men either. But like with men, Stop I can't tell me what to do. I can at least more freely cuss without being like, you know, scrutinized and like like the lady who hung up on. I us know. Later, right? Right? Uh, OK. But like I enjoy cussing. 
<laughs> and uh, I, I like to use it in my speech frequently, too. Actually. I think it has an absolutely necessary place. Sometimes you need emphasis. And look, your brain has a particular structure, and we need all the colors of our brain palette. Sometimes I want you to go to lizard brain with me because I'm emphasizing some shit. Hmm. See? Yeah. There's no way of replacing that and getting the full effect of communication. Yeah. I need to be able to tap your lizard brain from time to time to make a point. And sometimes, like when people hold back, it just sounds dumb. <laughs> You're like, dude, you totally cuss in front of me, man. I don't give a fuck. Right? right? I mean, if we're going to be open and honest with each other, we're sometimes we're going to get on a rant, and that's okay. That's how ideas get explored. And like you, back you, when Dennis Miller was funny, that was always, his, uh, <laughs> I don't want to get off on a rant here, but <laughs> and then he would get off on a rant. <laughs> uh, speaking of Dennis Miller, I saw, um, I think it was Robin Williams on his show uh, back in the day, his mm. HBO show. And like Robin Williams took over that fucking show, literally took over the fucking show. And Dennis, all Dennis Miller could do was sit there on, on the couch and just let him. Yeah. And it was fucking hilarious. It really well, was. Who'd want to stop him? I, I wouldn't. Right? <laughs> Robin, Robin Williams is one of the most hilarious motherfuckers ever to walk the planet. And mm-hmm. um, I put him up there with like Carlin and shit, man. As, as Entertainer time when all simply strange radiation causes chromosomes to rearrange. <laughs> my father worked you down the atomic foot hither and sends me forth my arms, thus withered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I keep getting ads uh, thrown at me for these... Uh, Flying cars. There's a there's a company doing a. Uh, it's basically the drone design, right? Okay, you, Mr. Jetson. You, you've seen the drone. Yeah, it's called George something Jetson. like it's Jet something or Jet. Seriously? I'll, I'll remember. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Um, and and they look neat, and I really want one, right? So, so are, they, are they, we in flying car time already? Well, this has been or finally, depending on your perspective. This has been tried many a time, and so I don't I, think we're in flying time. Uh, flying car time. We need our energy system way better I, than this. I did read. I don't remember the city, but some city apparently has built its first, um, I don't know what the right word is, uh, port for these flying vehicles. Hmm. Flying car port. You know what I mean? Not not an airport, right? Think of a mm. parking garage, but you can land in it instead of, and also. Heliport, yeah. Kind place of to keep your mantos. But if you had a flying car, these mm. are like VTOL, vertical takeoff and landing uh, style, right? So like the drones that everybody buys to like photograph their property or mm. whatever, right? They send it up in the sky. It's got like the four things, you know, it's kind of like that, mm. but it it's engineered differently. But we're in the time of flying cars again, right? That's these crazy. are things that we were promised by the year 2000, by the way. That's why I say, depending on your perspective, about time. Well, mm-hmm. I actually don't think flying cars are going to be, uh, like, even a percentage of the population is going to have a small elite percentage of rich people will have them. Maybe. I don't know. But I don't think it's ever well, going to be. Well, that's something that they really never went into about the Jetsons, but they did literally live above the earth. Like, mm-hmm. what's up with that? Yeah. What's going on? Like. Yeah. Is that where all the pollution is? Is there an underclass of people down there? Did you destroy the earth and can't live there anymore, which is why you're all in biodomes? I could literally all the, the time. Is that what's going on? I think it was just a lot of population. Could be that. <laughs> it's just the smog. <laughs> they needed more area to expand into. 
No, they uh, all bought Priuses. And, you know the funniest thing? Like the there's like, a huge wave of smug. The thing I found ridiculous is like, okay, you have literally a three-dimensional vehicle that you are using a two-dimensional system for. Yeah. Because they would, you know, like, come on, honking the horns. Like, you, you mm. are, it's three dimensions. You're hovering. Go around in one of the 360 directions, roughly speaking. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Uh, we're almost out of time, so I'm, I'm going to call it, but I do want to say before we go tonight, uh, I got news today that, uh, somebody that I knew was a pretty good drummer in the Seattle area in a band called Underdose. I played many gigs with these guys, hung out with them. They were brothers to me. Uh, the drummer Nils Finhold, uh, his body was found on his boat today, presumably, and that's all the information I have. And I'm Mm. sad to all of my musical brothers, uh, who knew Nils. He was a badass. Uh, an unconventional dude, lived on a boat instead of buying a house, right? Bought a, bought a boat, rented a slip. Uh, he had his own business from the time that I met him. He had a cleaning business that he was the guy occasionally. He'd hire somebody when they needed somebody, but it, he was his own man, his own business the entire time. Uh, I wish I had gotten to know him better, but, uh, you know, we, we had our time together. I consider him a brother. I'm going to take us out with a song from that band, Underdose. This is called Clay Pigeon from 2010. Thanks to all of our listeners and our callers tonight. This has been Beard Talk Live. Thank you, Peakless. Thank you, nobody. Thank you, Captain. Peace.